Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of TCP. It's 195 now. And our first postseason episode. Is that correct? It is. Yeah. No, it's not. Well, I guess the last not, episode was yeah. last episode was kind of postseason in yeah. a way. But it's kind of like that was also like a recap of the season. So mm. chronologically, it took place after the season, but it was still very much discussion about the season, whereas this is the first time we'll be talking about real postseason stuff this is the this is the you know the first time we're talking about stuff that is not about this particular season we're going into full off-season mode where roster mania has already begun and will be continuing for quite some time beyond that as well um i'm sure in the coming however long amount of time more overwatch 2 news will drop i mean it's got to and has to so there's all of that and uh what's funny about all of that is I'm sure all the teams that are that are moving with their rosters at the moment they would love to hear that or watch two news as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. please, we would we would all like that very much. Anytime, anytime you feel like you know, take your time, Blizzard. We're okay. Yeah, I was talking to Don from Paris Eternal today, and mm-hmm. I mean, how do you even prepare for next season, dude? Like, the guy yeah. is now is grinding off tanks just like as a prep for his role next year. Maybe I'll need it. I think that's the correct thing to do. You should be grinding off tanks, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I mean, he he gave me the sentence. He is now a pro player in a game he has never played. That's wild. That's That's incredible. That's a line. That's a headline, right? That should be the headline of the interview. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pro player in a game that I've never played. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't think Wild. that people are going to realize that, you know, I, I don't think the public does fully understand that this is going to be d- drastically different, especially at the, the highest level. It, this is quite literally a, n- a new game that these pros are being asked to play, right? It's, it ain't easy. For sure, yeah. Who knows, man? I mean, there's there's so much to think about in terms of how you're even supposed to build the roster. Obviously, I think the the wider discussion involves a lot of talk in terms of um, there's some roster construction rules, but there's also mm-hmm. there's also just the, the the looming Overwatch two factor where you have to guess. And I was, you know, talking to Face earlier today. I had a, had a stream with him looking over some of the, the Gladiators content. And it's kind of like, how do you even approach roster building for a game that you haven't played yet? And it's just like, honestly, you have to just, you kind of have to just make an educated guess, trust your gut, and hope for the best. And yes. it's like, that's just every single team. Every single team is just doing that. So, uh, best you know, to them. Avril. Uh-oh. Funny you should mention taking an educated guess because you know what you don't want to take an educated guess with? Your male grooming. Uh, That's right. Uh, oh. That's right. You don't want your nuts and or beard area and or I like to take I like to take uneducated guesses at that. Actually. You definitely shouldn't. Now oh, just I shouldn't explain eyes. why. But <laughs> we <laughs> <laughs> yes you know it, this this awkward transition and you know uh beautiful uh sponsorship opportunity has has been bestowed to us by the the folks over at manscape so support for this episode of tactical crouch is brought to you by manscape.com who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world 
Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You've heard of that, you know, the, the 4.0, not the 3.0, not the 2.5. You know, they've got patches to this. There's levels <laughs> to, to male grooming here, right? The it's Overwatch cool. League easily sequels, right? We're, we're looking at Overwatch 2. Manscaped's developing the 4.5, you know, the, the, the half patch. Maybe they got the 5.0. Who knows? Right? This Overwatch League postseason brings us a lot of roster cuts, right? But so does Manscapes 4.0, right? The Lawnmower 4.0 brings you the safest possible, you know, ball guard trimming technology, giving you the, the safest trim you've have you've ever seen. Yes, you you've kind of dabbled with this, right? What is what has been the the, the process like? Look, like I mean, I, I'm not sure if you can tell, but I have the least, like, testosterone, like, sensitive hair follicles you will find. Basically, I'm, I'm half bare, if, if okay. you want to know. Okay. I, I think I could walk into, like, you know, naked into a public area and nobody would a actually realize, you know, I, w I was committing public nudity. That's how, I, I mean, I could theoretically, you know, weave it. And then nobody would notice this basically they pants. Would, they would call the wildlife ranger because, oh my god, there's a bear. There's a bear in public. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You know, you gotta you do like that. weave it like a dwarf? Down. <laughs> like from Middle Earth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and then, you know, if you, if you basically, like, if I drop some glue in there, it's basically Kevlar, if you think about it. Okay, bulletproof. You know, keeping you safe, much like the, uh, the Manscapes, you know, advanced skin-safe technology. Now, I... <laughs> I brought that to the test. I mean, it, it is a grooming de device for your nether regions, and I wanted my technical crouches to be as smooth as, as possible. Mm -hmm. But um, I also tried it on the rest, and I was surprised like, by how well it went. Um, so, Would you say that you tried the uh, Manscaped, uh, <laughs> Manscaped's own Crop Reviver? You know, on your, on your nether regions to keep them you know, nice and toned and fresh and you know, maybe even, you know, slick to get those crouches nice and nice and smooth and, and just just right enough for the, the you know, I'm, I'm the gentleman. I'm not going to make you, you know, suffer you more than you need to necessarily. Right. Beautiful. So nah, but generally speaking, like I enjoyed using the product for sure. Um, but I think like it's it's sort of interesting how how the both of the like we got the full package, right? With the mm -hmm. two bottles, I think is it is it called the toner? There's the toner, and then there's the the deodorant uh, right. stuff. That the definitely the, was nice. The toner one was actually quite useful. I found that to okay. be like um, that that was kind of keep you lubricated. Yeah, kind of like I mean you can especially like I'm I've been picking up my workouts quite a bit, and for that right. like keeps it all, you know. Nice and tight down there, so yeah, very good. No, good, kind of enjoyed the yeah. product for sure. I, you know, when when we kind of opened the the package, obviously all of us got uh, you know a nice little care package by Manscaped, and uh, you know, we 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 you know thanks to them and they're supporting uh, this episode. But you know they they gave us a bunch of stuff. They gave us like a little newspaper, you know, with all the the products and stuff. So if you ever you know want to clean up a spill or maybe. You know, read about the uh, the crop cleanser, the all in wash, did, the all in one hair and body wash. It was at the bottom of your package. I don't know if you guys saw did, that. But. Did you did you guys get the uh, nose like hair trimmer as well? No, I didn't. 
Tell right. me how that went. Did you? They use only it? gave that to the people with uh, nose hair two trim. So I just, it's just <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the problem with age, bro. Like, okay, so I think like thirty percent of our audience who's currently listening to this can probably think of this because I'm from looking at YouTube demographics. A lot of you are over yeah. thirty. Shit just starts growing in in the weirdest places now, dude. Like, like I got I got it on. I don't have it in my ears. It's like on top mm -hmm. of them, and then. Nose. We don't need to talk about that. It's basically like half of this mustache is pretty, pretty much nose hair. Um, and then also, do do you ever get these like long hairs in your uh, eyebrows, like these no, single ones? Just They're like German just thing. like three times as big. No, that's an age thing. Like, <laughs> look forward to it, dude. Like it, it's it's the worst. Sounds and, a lot like a you thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I had a friend. I have a friend I, who had also had. Those long, thick ones in the Joe, eyebrows. Joe, I'm gonna need you to drop the code though. We we need yes. to get to the important part of this, which is the part where you at home get to be involved and yes. you get to have a benefit out of this. So, if you want to trim those long, bushy eyebrow hairs that you know I'm I'm you know suggesting, maybe you should probably get checked out. Maybe see, seek a doctor um, if you have that. But I got glasses you know, that block them. That's the reason. If you want to support the show and maybe support yourself in male grooming and keep those, you know, Zenyata orbs flying free, uh, you can use promo code Tactical Crouch. That's all caps, tactical, no space. Uh, for 20% off free shipping, use the code Tactical Crouch at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Tactical Crouch, all caps, no space, to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job. That's manscaped.com, Tactical Crouch. And your balls will thank you. They will. As, uh, honestly, I couldn't imagine. You know, honestly, it's like tactical crouch. The act of it's the that perfect. It's perfect. With manscaped, like wow, it just fits. It really does just yeah. fit. Um, but yeah, okay. We we are here to be talking about uh, a lot of the off different kind of cuts. Different kind of cuts. Absolutely. There's been some roster cuts. There's been a lot of roster cuts, and I'm sure there'll be stuff added there as well. So that. When, uh, when the rosters grow back over time, which I'm sure they will be slowly as we head towards certain deadlines, approaching the January deadline in particular. Before we move on, though, quick shout-out from me as well to our patrons, as always. Episode 195 is brought to you by Battle Crab, Refined Bean, BronzeBot Buhal, Chare, Chris R34444, Fraudino, Hunter Tain, Porkchop Sammy, Cassius67, Volshin, Rex Zane, Volamelon, Sugar High, Woman D, and Your Misery. So, context for how off-season works. First of all, um, most people are probably aware of the dates already. So the, the league finished, grand finals concluded, and pretty much straight away, your contract ends. If you're, you're, if you're a player and you were contracted for the 2021, up until the 2021 season, uh, that was the last day of the season was the grand finals date. And after that, um, you know, teams are basically exercising potential team options to hold on to players for their plus ones to extend existing contracts. And then in a couple of days time, so depending on when you see this episode, it might already be then, but October 9th is when players whose contracts expired after 2021 season become free agents. And then one day after that, October 10th, teams may begin signing free agents to contracts for the 2022 season. So the reason why you haven't seen like a ton of signings just yet is because we're waiting for that October 10th date. That's when the free agents can start to really 
get nailed down for contracts for next year. So after that, I'm expecting a lot more movement, which means for next episode, it might be the holy cow who's being signed mm. where episode. Whereas right now, it's probably more about wow, who's been dropped from where? And yeah, this is the hating who maybe the guiding episode. This is the kind of prequel to uh, what I think is going to be a very bizarre and um, kind of interesting off season. I think that there's going to be a lot of a lot of restructuring, re revisioning. Obviously, we've heard some stirrings um, with initial reports coming out talking about you know maybe teams are are shifting one way or the other. It's this is just the tip of the iceberg, and I think it uh, it only goes up from here. So this is probably just going to be a lot of like who's gone, where might they go, and yep. was that maybe the right idea? I guess. I think with a with a uh, FA pool opening up, mm -hmm. it is probably going to be the st most stacked FA pool of all time. Like whoever, just by nature of like how many people are going to be yeah. free agents, or... yeah, and what quality of players will be FA. Um, gotcha. Like, I think a lot of teams are just like cautious. Um, I mm -hmm. think this, like the the general idea I've had, like, it's not like people are not doing anything. It's just there's a significantly less like there's le significantly less traction, I would say. Uh, and significant by significant, something like 25 to 50% less uh, back and forth, even though, I mean, I would say in the last couple of days it's picked up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I think it's, it, it is inherently due to the nature of this offseason, which is a transitional period. You have to do a ton of guessing. There's a ton of viable strategies, in my opinion, for GMs mm -hmm. to go with at the moment. And we see a lot of different approaches and also rethinking. Like, it, it feels like for a lot of those teams, maybe they ha might have committed to strategies uh, before. And the Overwatch 2 allows them to just, like, make a hard cut and say, okay, this doesn't work anymore for yeah. us. Or we need a new beginning or we want to try something else. And I think that very much will be reflected in, these, in this offseason um, where paradigm shifts are much more possible now. Let's address the elephant in the room. I think this is the most important thing to get, you know, uh, to be clear of right off the bat, and that is the fact that um, teams and GMs, coaches, etc., are going to have to make decisions about their roster. They already have done that, by the way, in mm -hmm. terms of who they're cutting, and they will continue to do that in terms of who they're signing very soon in the next few days when free agency uh, properly opens up in terms of signings. Teams are going to be making decisions based on very limited knowledge about what they're actually heading into as far as Overwatch 2 is concerned. Yep. We have the limited amount of playtime uh, done by plays physically located in Hawaii, so the APAC teams didn't do that. Um, and as far as I'm aware, um, this is maybe a little bit surprising, but the coaching staff themselves didn't get hands on the game. It was literally only the players that got hands on the game, so the coaching staff didn't get to go and play the game themselves either. Yes. Um, beyond that, though, um you have to i mean even if they that's uh, the reason why i'm saying this is not it's i don't think it's a huge deal it's not like wow if the coaches got to play the game too they would be so much more informed they'd be yeah. a little bit more informed but not enough to make their job any any amount significant easier so yeah. I, I don't think it's outrageous like yeah maybe it's like a little it sounds a little silly like oh, why didn't the coaches play the game mm -hmm. uh or rather why wouldn't they have you know 
uh, won't be allowed to play the game or whatever. But it's the that that is not as outraged as it sounds because even if they did play the game, I don't think it would help them that much because yep. there's still a lot that we don't know about the game. Yes. And you need significant testing and scrimming time to even get a close idea uh, about what's going on. I mean, Yiski, you had an interview with Dan, and we can get into that a little bit deeper when we talk about Paris, but you had an interview with Dan, and the, the most crazy line, this headline you brought up was like, Dan is basically now a professional player in a game that he's never played. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm listening to that. I was like, bro, that, that headline just blew my mind. Like, like what if, what is, what did I just hear? Like, that's actually this, ridiculous. We, and I think, we I think it might be like, I think people are un honestly underestimating how big of a shift it will be in terms of like what, mm -hmm. what this game will require of people and what, how it will play. And I mean, we, we only saw a fraction so far of it, right? Like, yep. even though I'm getting sort of this weird feeling in my stomach about like the lack of, knowledge about new heroes and maybe we don't get the volume that we expected by the way it's not a leak it's just me like code reading mm -hmm. whatever is out there but um like i don't, I don't know like the, it, it just seems to eventually be so different that I, I think that in itself will decide careers by itself even like not only there's there's a twofold effect a what do gms think will be relevant in Overwatch 2, and then they will pre-select players based on their idea of what Overwatch 2 is. And then there's a second order filtering effect where it's now we're actually testing people against what Overwatch 2 requires. And then that will cause a second filtering event. And let's not forget, nobody will be playing Overwatch 2 optimally. So we, you know how, how Generation 1 pro players usually mm -hmm. like have have certain qualities that very soon are faced out by people that are actually cracked on what the new type of metagame requires. Mm -hmm. We have soft reset all of our progress, I think, based on what we're getting with Overwatch 2. Um, it won't be the same. I think there's, there's definitely going to be, like, the super talented guys that have been around for the longest time, can hyperflex and whatever. Those guys, like, will probably be able to also sustain... Like, you could probably put them in Valorant and they would would do a serviceable job, right? Like, they, yeah. they are just, like, gaming fiends that excel to a high degree. Maybe they're not yeah. going to be the best players in the world anymore, um, but they will still have a, a place in the Overwatch League. And um, I think those are the guys that you kind of want to bet on at the moment. I think there's not enough for everyone to fill six slots until January with those guys. Um, or not enough players that fill that role. So, mm. necessarily, you got to make gambles as a GM. And the yep. types of strategies they've taken and the types of approaches and limitations they are under makes this a very exciting off-season, even though, bro, I don't want to have that job. Very dangerous. Right very dangerous off-season. Before you yeah. go, Joe, just real quick, just to, just to finish off uh, where I was at is that, yeah, pretty much also what Yusuke said, but it, what it does mean is that um, teams are going to have to take some big risks in terms of what they mm -hmm. believe the game is going to be and, and who's going to be good in the game that no one's played. The biggest risk is going to be in the tanks. I think, for the most part, to dial it back a bit, like, yes, it's going to be a very different game, like Yesu said, but I'm you, it's still Overwatch. Like, it's we're not, we're not playing, we're yeah. not playing a, a, such a different game that it's just like, Yo, this is Valorant now. You know, that's, that's yes. not mm -hmm. the case. We're still just playing Overwatch at the end of the sure. day. Overwatch 2, fundamentally, is still extremely similar to Overwatch One as far as sequels goes. This is one of the few. This is one of the sequels that exists in the market that is still going to be 
extremely similar. It's like when Left 4 Dead 2 came out for Left 4 Dead 1. It's like, really, it wasn't that different. Can- uh, I know I'm talking about a completely different type of game here. But, uh, well, I'm also not because it's PvE, but that's a separate topic. Can I, um, can I ask this? Maybe this is something that's, that's more n- a known a comparison for, um, for viewers of this. And I'm, ex- I'm kind of curious what you guys think. Do you think mm. over the jump from Overwatch One, so season four Overwatch One, to mm-hmm. Overwatch Two will be bigger than from Goats to um, like two 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 with Hero Pools? Yeah, yes. You got like eight new heroes of five v five and a fundamentally different design philosophy in, in a lot of the heroes, like CC reduction. There was talks about healing reduction. Yes. Um, but one thing, yeah. one thing you guys have to remember for everyone else to remember as well is like, whatever change we know is happening from Overwatch One or Overwatch Two, and whatever change people might speculate could happen, will never be as big as how much the CDL changes year to year. Let's be honest; it's not going to be that extreme compared to that. Call of, if you're a CDL pro and you're Call of Duty pro, the game you play every year is vastly different. And um, hmm. before anyone says like, "Well, it's just Call of Duty," you just point the gun and shoot, lol. Uh, well, if you actually look at what the Call of Duty games is, like Black Ops 4 compared to like World War 2, like, bro, those are so different. Those are monstrously different games. We're talking about a game where in Black Ops 4, you literally had ultimates and you had to manually heal. Like, you have ultimates like you have in Overwatch, FYI. Mm-hmm. And then World War 2, you're just playing like a generic period shooter it's based in World War 2. Like, it's so generic, you know? It, they're such different games. And then you had the 5v5 to 4v4 change the CDL as well. Yeah. So, like anyone sure. freaking out, like, oh my god, the changes are going to be so huge. It's actually not in context if you look at other games. I think with that comparison, um, I can't comment on, so I will have to trust everything sounds normal. Um, I guess it comes with the different ecosystems and how teams treat new players or rookies. Um, I don't know if this is a question that either of you two feel comfortable answering, but I don't know if Call of Duty is a scene or just a an ecosystem that has a hard time giving rookies a chance. I don't know if there is a barrier to entry where, where teams and general managers are just relying on trusted talent, because I think that's where Overwatch 2 is headed. You, you talk about having risks and taking risks on players, and we don't know exactly where we're going. Call me cynical, but I think I, I've made this mentioned in, in previous shows that I think that, you know, there is going to be an influx of, of talent that mm-hmm. um, will probably under, come under, you know, um, the, the community's scrutiny because they're, they're maybe more popular or, or they're streamers or they're, you know, based in the home region of where the team's located, right? I, I don't know that the, the risk or the uh, shifting when it comes to, Overwatch 2 is just going to be player specific. I think it's probably going to be much broader um, reaching into, you know, what vision does this team have moving into the the future of the Overwatch franchise? I think that for a lot of teams has shifted. Are there teams that are going to sign streamers? I don't know. Like This sounds a little bit far-fetched to me. I'm, I'm I not saying that's what you said. That's maybe I misunderstood. No, I, I I will say that. I do believe that there are going to be teams, much like we saw in season one, that I think you're going to see I mean, players that maybe could could 
you know, be looked over, but because they have a popularity, because they have a following, they're they're put into this team. The only player that fits that bill to me is Super, but that's even ridiculous because he's a great pro in the first yeah, place. Yeah, he's he's the exception. Makes sense, you know. And there's no one else. There's there's no current Seagull XQC that you can do that with. Totally, that's um, where the, the beta comes in. That's where you have not new people, but I think maybe returning faces that get a no, following you, that people want to capitalize Joe, Joe. on. The beta is probably not coming until BlizzCon. That's not a. I'm not leaked. It's not. I don't know that. No, I'm obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm, let's I'm play with that. But like, I if based on timelines and what we saw mm -hmm. so far of Overwatch Two, is that the game doesn't look like it's close enough into like a stable five v five state that you can totally. go anywhere into a beta soon. So you're and saying I, it's I would, not entirely possible that either new or old faces can return to recapture a following. So the timelines don't match up. You, the rosters are locked by January until what is it again? Is it, is it, uh, let me see. Look, January why are we just midline? looking over the 30 days just removal? Why do we just not sign these people? I, I don't, I don't put it past teams and I don't think it's that like so bad for them business wise if they bring these people in and give them playtime. Who? Don't we know don't know people. yet. That's, yes, I understand they what you're saying. I mean, we don't know who they are. There are some. Are we? Are we just removing the possibility that that's going to happen? I'm, re I I'm removing it because the timelines don't match up. Because by January the okay. 3rd, you already have five players signed. And sure. then, sure. So why can't January we add a sixth? Why can't we remove one and add somebody else? That just seems a, like a lot of steps required. And I think um, for a lot of teams, that's too many steps. The thing yeah, I mean, I want, uh, I'm wondering is if we if we require them to be players on the Overwatch League teams and not just be uh, part of those franchises, like, let's say, Fran is for Toronto or, you know. Sure. Because, like, the, the big streamers that would, big streamers that we're currently talking about that could be this, could be Aspen, could be Fran, sure. <laughs> theoretically, Kefri, um, whatever, right? Like, these types of mm -hmm. guys. They're probably not going to um, make Al. I don't think that's... Uh, that's to be expected. Um, I do think that theoretically, like you will probably find organizations that will look at popularity once Overwatch Two emerges and then might make a judgment call. To be to be fair, I'm still not. I it might be cynical of me, and I'm definitely not ascribing. It's not like as it turned out, the the pine signing what wasn't turned out to be not much more than a signing for. Uh, PR, right? Uh, in effect, I, I'm sure Dallas that, that, had that, all that was the intent. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's not. I don't think. I don't think that was the intent. I think that's just what it ended up being. But 100%. they they would have they would have played him if it was a more hit scan viable correct meta. A lot of a lot of players would have played if it was a more hit scan viable meta. Sure, like you know, like dude, Shanghai had an extra play on the bench specifically for hit scan that they never ended mm. up using mm. uh and even then they had lip anyway who barely ended up playing any hit scan and, and no I, I when i say hit scan i'm talking about like the hard flicks snipers no i'm not talking about the tracers um yeah so the, there was there's no team that really ended up going in that direction because it's just we just arns barely got playtime for fuck's sake i mean this is arns we're talking about so you, the meta was not good for those types of players so yeah i'm not surprised pine didn't play but I, I don't think he was a PR signing. Anyone that's saying he's a PR signing in terms of why Dallas even got him. Uh, it is disingenuous yeah. because they they would have played him if the meta was good for him, but it wasn't. Yep. Um, but 
No, I, I, it, I think if you wanted to sign a streamer, you would just sign a streamer like Emong and Flax and just be like, here's your streamer to the team. You wouldn't do... I think you you're going to see an increase roster. in that, but don't get hung up on the streamer-like denotation. I think popularity is what I'm kind of trying to capture here with this comment, right? I, I think is, returning is... returning players, maybe unretiring, maybe coming back, maybe coming from different games, what have you, right? I don't... Okay. I don't I can buy that a bit more. I can buy that a bit more. Okay. Uh, that's that's the idea that I'm trying to, to kind of tap into that you're going to see teams approach, but not completely remodel what Houston did maybe in you're season saying, one. You're saying is hypothetically, if like a baby bay came back, hypothetically, sure. he won't because he's doing well in Valorant. He's 100%, but I, a that's a great but example. Hypothetically, yes. if a baby bay came back, because he's quite popular, sure. he's good at the game. And he's well known and all the all the above, uh, mm -hmm. and and he'd be someone that you would legitimately pick up because he's probably still good and he'll bring a lot of hopefully good PR with him. Um, but yeah, he he won't. But hypothetically, it's just a good example. Yes, but good yeah, example. I, I can see that. I can see that. And on that level, Joe, I'll I'll live with you. You know, we'll, we'll agree on that. Um, cool. So yeah, essentially, you know, the context for the opening discussion for the roster mania is that. This is how teams are going to have to be approaching rosters. They don't know what the game, the final game is going to look. They don't know what they're going to be playing in April next year, fully just yet. Um, I think supports and DPS should be fairly safe. Um, most of the supports and most of the DPS that are good now, you have to assume is still going to be good. The biggest question is going to be tanks because you literally have guys like Don who's signed on Paris or who's been re-signed on Paris, who's learning off tanks, right? Because he doesn't even know what, the, what he's, he doesn't know how to prepare. And to be honest, mm -hmm. a main tank practicing off tanks, and maybe the opposite is true, off tanks practicing main tanks is probably the best way to prepare right now. I wouldn't be surprised if all the players, guys like, I assume, Spakes as well, you, they should be just going to rank spamming the opposite role that they didn't play professionally because yep. tanks historically have never had to do that. Flex DPS are great at it. They've always done that. Um, they've, 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 they're great at expanding in massive hero pool. It's the tanks that don't have that just yet. And whatever team captures the right tank player that is super flexible, and I think Dallas have nailed it, by the way. I think Harmbin is potentially the kind of guy that can really carry your team in a game like Overwatch 2 just because he's so damn talented. Mm. And that's, um, and I've heard Harmbin can really, you know, even pop off on a main tank if he has to. So um, that's your dude right there for yep. Overwatch 2, 100%. Yeah, I think you're going to... Maybe this is a... Uh, something that you guys can can weigh in on because i'm not even too sure how i still kind of think about it um do you expect teams to kind of have a, a main tank or not a main tank stable that's that's definitely the the age of overwatch one or, or lost in the age of overwatch one um just call them tanks now yeah do you do you kind of uh assume that teams are going to have multiple tanks or do you do you kind of uh more lean on like the budget aspect of do we need two tanks? Can we kind of cut there? Where, where do you guys kind of sit with that? So not only do I think you need to, like if you go for six players, your sixth should be a second tank. It's also the thing that a lot of uh, GMs have told me that that is their strategy because obviously that's the biggest gamble. I think the second mm. biggest gamble is probably DPS um, with like how Ooh, more mechanically okay. demanding uh, it theoretically could get and uh, what mm. kind of heroes you would need to master. I think that's where you get your 
if you had a seventh slot, and then you would probably go to uh, support after. But right. yeah, like, um, there's there's a lot of rumors in the ether that you need to account for, even if there's no, um, no justification to them. There's stuff like mm, DPS heroes will go into the tank roll, meaning the tank roll will even buff up, right, and like right. be bigger. It doesn't necessarily mean that that is going to happen. It's just something mm -hmm. that you need to be prepared for to react to. And that's why, like, tank is just... Uh, double double stacking tank is just a no-brainer at the moment, even though it, it probably eventually will figure out that that, once again, isn't necessarily the case because tank will be, once again, the, the role where you kind of want to have one starter because, like, they're so integral to the yep. identity of your team. Yeah. But... You will still want the ability to choose one of two who could be mm -hmm. that guy, depending on what the meta uh, ends up being. That's kind of where I sit with it, too, where it's like I want the flexibility, but I also know that like. And this is where like my thoughts kind of battle or, or you know, conflict is like I've always been somebody who discredited like the gear shifting right you want that starter you want that person to be able to stay in that team and know that's the person that you're going to run with and build up that synergy with so avril where do you kind of sit with oh it? i got some takes on this okay this is this is there's some clip worthy takes coming out of my <laughs> here, we go. Hot here. here we go uh there's there's some stuff coming coming out of my mouth that like i'm either going to be a genius in six months time or i'm hilariously wrong Okay. And, and if I am hilariously wrong, it's like, what so, do you want from me? Like, I don't, no one yeah, knows. At it's, this a, point it's all in, guesses. In October 2021, yeah. no one knows what the fuck the game is going to look like. I'm just guessing, but I, I feel like I've got some educated guesses coming up. Um, and the, the discussion about like signing a, obviously having two main tanks, or it's not two main, just two tanks, mm -hmm. uh, is a no brainer. I agree, but I also think it's the lowest hanging fruit. That is not necessarily the best answer. I think it's the easiest answer, but the easiest answer is not the answer that I think has the highest potential to actually give you the best results. Assuming mm. you're building teams to strive for the best results, which that's the assumption I'm going to go off of. Um, I think it's very important that you are playing your starting tank as someone that you don't really shift. What you're really doing when you have two tanks on your roster is to have two options like, oh man, if this guy shits the bed, we got this other up, we got this other guy. Um, so basically, you're doing you're 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 protecting yourself to not repeat Florida's kind of yes. dare I say mess with the whole checkmate thing. You want to have the second tank because tank is such a risky position going Overwatch too, right? You mm. want to have a second player not because you plan to swap the two players in and out like we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of substitutions yep. here like it's a flex DPS role. No, it's literally just as a insurance policy in case your starting player sucks at the new tanks. Yeah. But I think you need a good setup, which is why I look at guys like Hanbin. I'm like, yo, I, oh, don't get me wrong. Fearless is a great player. But from, from what I've heard and from what I see and what I, what I, you know, what I understand, Hanbin's like the fucking guy. Um, and he could be your starter that just plays everything. He's, he, he could be an absolute tank god. That's what you need. You need a guy that can just play anything. I actually think there's a real possibility that teams might even look at a DPS player that could jump into a tank role. Um, and do like as much as like just clown the whole checkmate thing and that I'm now coming back and doing a 180 there and saying maybe that's not a bad idea for Overwatch 2 because um, you know you got guys like checkmate that already exist DPS players have 
played some tanks in the past already, and Zarya is the, the number one. Um, Hog is probably up there as well. If Doom goes to tank as well, that's another one. So that's all on the list. But if I was a GM, the way I would construct a roster is if I had the option of seven plays, I would go two support, two tank, three DPS. That, I, that is the optimal team that you can build. If you can only go six, let's say I'm restricted in budget, I can only go six plays. Mm. Can I say that a potential hot take of mine is that you should still go three DPS, one tank, and two supports? Reason being is that I think DPS is going to be still more important than tank in Overwatch 2 as yep. a game that I suspect and predict will be more damage-focused. I'm not just talking about DPS damage-focused, like everyone doing damage-focused, mm -hmm. uh, which I'll add on to that as well. I have another important point for that. But DPS versatility has been kind of, I think, a make-or-break of professional Overwatch for the longest time and definitely this year. I think if there was one position this year that you're going to have a, a deep roster for, it's going to be DPS. Most teams had a deep a dps roster uh, and, a, and a substitution roster but not for the other positions because they know the dps is that make or break position that you got you want a lot of options for um that should continue into overwatch 2 now here's the here's something that people haven't thought about and this is this is really important now um no one has actually looked at supports in the way i'm about to explain but i think you are far more likely to have double flex supports being played in overwatch 2 than the traditional main support flex support why because i again foresee overwatch 2 being a far more damage focused game where mm. you want double flex support to be doing that damage you want to be playing stuff like anna zenyatta or bap zan or bap anna something like that you you forget about the lucios forget about the mercies those guys don't deal enough damage we're talking about guys that can frag because we're talking about a game that is more leaning towards fragging power and all that kind of stuff so i look at yeah. teams like gladiators if you got a skewed shoe in your lineup you are you've you've nailed it you've well mm. done david well done again You've nailed your backline, perfect stuff. Uh, and they showed this season even why how why that's possible, why that's you know so good. And let's say I'm wrong. Let's say it's not a double flex support. Well, cool. Skew just plays Brig or whatever again. Right. Maybe Skew can learn some main supports. You're fine. But tr you 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 if you want to try and get a current main support player to learn and be good at flex supports, good luck. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's hmm. um is it is it a hot take for me to say that I think it's more difficult for main support to swap to flex support than the opposite way around. Because we've seen far crazy. more, we've seen far more pro players go from flex support to main support than the other way, right? Mm -hmm. Cust is one of them. Um, there's, I can't, I'm struggling to name others now, but it doesn't matter. That's just the first one that comes to hit, so it comes to mind. Uh, I would rather sign two flex supports and gamble that, and then mm -hmm. if it, if it doesn't work out, one of them just learns main support. That that would be how I would handle rosters this, uh, for the next season. Yeah, I would tend to agree with I think a lot of the takes in general, like. I, I definitely hadn't thought about, you know, with the talk about the reduced healing and with some of the passives coming in, um, possibly moving to double flex. I think as it stands right now, I would probably tend to agree. Obviously, we don't know what maybe Lucio or Mercy might be getting. We don't know what possible, you know, main support uh, additions may come with Overwatch 2. But as it stands right now, yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. A lot of those tools. Would you rather have some pocket healing and your mercy damaging yeah. another play by fifty percent, or just having a play in that mercy position, play a fragger like a Zen or a Bat, mm -hmm. and just rail dudes across the screen? Yep. I know what I'm picking. Like I don't. I'm, I'm forget the mercy. Give me the damage. Give me. Give me. Give me your the the you know uh, a Bat Zen skewed shoe lineup. Like holy cow, that's gonna be great. Yep. So I agree. 
if I think there's a an even more multi-dimensional approach. If I was a GM, I think the most sound decision, and bear with me because this is dickish, I would let go of my entire roster. Why? Because now I'm saving salaries for until January. Right? Sure. I or take those signing window. I take those resources, I sign exactly as many players as I need to, which is five, I believe, come January, and then there's a second deadline for six. Mm -hmm. I eventually reallocate my resources to have eight players. I want one additional player for every role. I would probably cut class if that, like, if my budget didn't allow for it, I would cut class on the individual role and get another optionality in meaning like one more guy so if i have the if i have the possibility what would be a good like i wouldn't sign striker that's a bad pickup for me at the moment unless i have the money why because expensive or what i mean i am i'm assuming he's expensive and Mm. i'm assuming that i mean striker never had the biggest hero pool he was just like exceedingly incredible at tracer i'm not sure where Overwatch go to is going yeah. with that hero. Yeah. I would ra- much rather probably like cut that salary in half and get like I mean who who would be hitting the market and I mean it d- really depends on what kind of a roster you're looking at. Let's assume right. you are only purely Korean. I'm rather getting a Guangboon dude. Like a Guangboon and then you know, two players of the level of Guangboon instead of one striker. It's pretty hard hit scan. I don't know how, how flexible Guangboon is, honestly, either. Sure. Are you trying to get flexible players, or are you just trying to get like um, rookies that are not super expensive with, with yeah, because, a high potential? Because my my, under, my like my idea is, unless you've shown like hyper flexibility over a large amount of games, you're not going to be guaranteed to last for next season. I would yeah. rather have optionality and maybe lean a little bit more on the less brain, more mechanical side. Granted, that's also striker. I would think think, but um instead of just like bouncing it all on the best talent i think for instance an approach like uh what the washington justin had had this season is much less likely to su- succeed uh, g- mm-hmm. given the current situation coming into the next yeah right because yep. like these stacked rosters let's be honest there, there are a lot of players in the overwatch league that got away from being very good at diva for the longest time yeah and not having to display it much on on the other picks, or being yep. very good on tracer, or and not having hey hero pool like you said with striker. Granted, I think we'll, there are going to be people who try to defend that, but let's face it, he he, played... he was world class at one specific hero and had to try to become a role player elsewhere. He played Reaper and Hanzo, and people will definitely argue that well, he was also like world class on Reaper and Hanzo. I'm like, okay, but that's still three. You know, right yeah. now, right now, the most valuable players are guys like Lee, Fletter, uh, yes. Dante, uh, probably Prophet, even though he took a very long time to learn Echo. So maybe you put an asterisk on that one. Sure. Um, you know, you want you want guys that I mean, and I, I'm unfortunately I've just named like some of the best players available at overall in all of Overwatch. So you know, uh, just 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 have Why one of the best is? players of all time on your roster forehead is what I'm saying. No, but you want <laughs> I, but I'm um, I don't know you. I think Dante is the perfect example of a player that you want because he's probably sure, not yeah, like not a bad shot. He's he's a he's a player that is um maybe not quite 
the flitter leave so we're not talking mm. about like yeah just literally get the number one or number two best player in the world mm. um and he's a lot more accessible but he's just so like if and we are hearing stories about teams wanting to go west and like shit mm. if houston hold on to dante that's a game winner right there like that's a that's it's a great a piece to build around that is like the piece to build around mm. there's a the, we, we're seeing examples of teams where they bend everybody and just keep one guy behind minus florida who i'm pretty sure are just holding on to yaki for trade purposes but other teams who are just holding on to one guy like new york who are holding on to only flora um if i'm houston if we're doing what you're saying yes you've been the whole roster i've been the whole roster minus dante i'll keep him mm. um yeah but talk about optionality that definitely gives you a lot of different ways so, to go yeah right? i mean like this is this is more of a blanket statement i think like if you if you had me um optimize for the relative roster approach i think that like Every single offseason should look different based on the budget, based on what your orc mm. wants you to do in, in terms of uh, do you want to be hybrid roster, full Korean, even though you're an NA team, that type of stuff. And uh, based on that, like, I, I would even go as far as to say my strategy I outlined earlier is probably not applicable for the vast majority of rosters because they just have different situations. Like, you can't drop Carpe, I think, for instance, right? Like, that's not a... Uh, possibility necessarily you have for philly and also philly doesn't have the budget limitations i assume no. that i'm right. uh thinking of um so yeah i don't know like i would have maybe expected someone like boston to do it but then I, again like there's probably interpersonal stuff where boston feels like they got a good coach and you they kind of want to um have his players around and then you got to build from there so yeah mm. like every every orc has a idiosyncratic uh starting points where they build from i think this necessarily though they like a, a bunch of them will be trapped in that sort of situation and overwatch 2 will be significantly different enough that we, they will just no staff based on that and probably organizations we right don't expect to necessarily do so i also think a lot of organizations this are sort of like imparting a roster choosing strategy onto their general manager for some general managers they pick them themselves um i, I remember talking to vala in the preseason um and like or no no i think it was on a on an interview with uh the French caster, and she basically said, "Like we're choosing European players because that's the most effective region to spend our money on in terms of uh, our budget against the talent available in that region." Now, mm -hmm. that's a judgment call that some general managers are allowed to make. Some general managers are just being told, "You're a hybrid roster now. You got to get two Western players on your roster. You got to market yeah. those guys." Um, I, I'm just very curious how that even if there's any viable da data towards um, the economic feas feasibility of those approaches. I had like a tweet thread this week where I just basically said, like, what you got to know, I guess I can soft leak this. A lot of teams are going to change their compositional, um, so their, their roster building strategy in terms of hybrid roster, single language roster, and what that single language roster will be, right? Mm. Um, and I think currently it appears to be more than eventually it will be because a lot of them are competing for the same talent and then you have to reevaluate your strategy. For for instance, let's say six teams want to go Western 
there's not enough players for six teams to go western uh, with all the talent, right? So not, not unless you want to dig deep into containers and you know start scraping mm, the barrel, right? Yeah. So comparatively speaking, of course, like there will be adjustments, but as it looks right now, a ton of and there's there's not a definitive direction that we're moving in. Okay. So it's sure, not yeah. like we're all like everyone's now deciding we want to go Western. That's not what's happening. We have former full Korean rosters that are now going hybrid. We have uh, international rosters that are now going um, just one region or whatnot, right? And they are interpreting the market in a, in a different uh, way each. And there's no definitive movement towards any way to solve monetization, to solve roster building, and all these different types of requirements you may have from your roster, right? And the only interesting thing is that more so than before, I think a lot more teams are trying to approach or trying to switch up their approach to their roster building strategy. And this is going to... Like, I think it's, it's more confusing to navigate the market at the moment unless you have an agent as a player or as a coach because... Let's say there's a team in, in China that's now becoming hybrid that you didn't know of. Yeah. Are you going to apply to them? Or are you going to realize that they want like also Western players or whatnot? It's a difficult market to approach, right? That, that's a problem. Sure. Um, or the same thing, vice versa, right? Like, what if there's a North American team that's now going full Korean when they weren't before? Which region are they staying in? Can I still apply to that? Um, which coaches should should i get where can i apply as a coach to um the, the market like unless you have a an agent that's completely dialed in into the decisions and let's be honest a lot of the th stuff that's coming out on ninth is already decided in the back rooms and people are talking about it sort of like you, of course you can't sign contracts but you can make handshake agreements and just talk to people it's not a problem and i think that even should be the case but um it definitely like if you are now starting to try to find yourself a spot in the Overwatch League next year when, mm -hmm. um, when you don't know or haven't talked to anyone, you're probably too late already, bro. Like, you better be highly qualified for whatever you're trying to do in the Overwatch League. Um, and it seems like, like there probably will be less staff positions mm -hmm. um, overall. That said... Maybe I'm looking, like, after the fact, I'm going to look completely stupid because people realize it's a new game and you need more strategic minds. Um, maybe I'm just hearing, like, from well, the select funny, few teams. Yes, from the select few teams that are selecting. Let's keep in I mind, this is a six-month-long off-season, right? Like, there's a mo lot of money to be saved by not say uh, signing these guys right now. Or you have to be very creative with your um, contract um, structures in order to make this economically feasible for you to just, like, have dudes sit around for six months not having even the game that they want to play on. Of course, it's not going to be yep. six months, but significant amount of time will be played, uh, will be paid having your guy not even play on the game that you want him on, right? And you can't prep. You can't even just sit there and, like, theorize and prep. You no. literally can't do the work unless you have the thing in front of you, so... Yeah, I mean, I think it's all, it sounds nice and good, like, oh, yeah, Overwatch 2 is a new game, and you need more brain power, you got to get more coaches, but that shit costs money, and, you know, yeah. and so that doesn't come free, and I think the real plight of the GM is in that middle of the pack, where, you know, your boss ahead of you, whoever, you maybe the org owner, or whoever your direct reporter is saying, like, oh, yeah, we need to do X or Y things, and your roster has to have this thing, 
and then you have to build around that and your budget's super limited and you can't you maybe only get a little bit more budget or you maybe mm -hmm. don't get you maybe get less maybe it's worse um and you know then you're in this kind of rat race as well where you're like you're you're in a lolly scramble where boom october the 9th is here and you're trying to you're trying to bag whoever you can because we you guys remember the houston situation yep. from last off season was that apparently they had uh, given some decent offers to a lot of good players like fearless um and mm -hmm. nero but those guys turn it down for less uh less financially uh large offers that to go to shock and um dallas um for for reasons of wanting to play for obviously teams want to play for, players want to play for shock because of shock and mm -hmm. fearless wants to play for dallas because element mystic and great roster on dallas and probably a championship team uh, and they both took a pay cut to do that when houston would have right. offered them more so it's even if you have the money it's okay. not like you can just like land players it's like on one level it's great if you're a rich team and you can just afford everybody because you can throw bags at people and that feels great yes. and those are you know those are gms playing the overwatch gm game on recruit difficulty in some levels <laughs> but uh <laughs> yes, very wise, um, yeah. but then you got a vala who's like she's straight on veteran hardcore mode right like she's got she's got a lot less to work with and trying to do whatever she can with it. Uh, and obviously, you know, props to Yiska for the interview with Alavala if you want to find out more about the insights of how that all works um, and check that out on GG Recon. Um, final bit of thing I'm going to bring up before we actually move into the actual rosters because we've we probably mm. been on this topic for a while now, this is this specific thing. Um, but one more key position that maybe we haven't talked about yet, and that's kind of like an offshoot one, it's a bit of a weird one, is the Jake role. And I'm specifically dubbing it the Jake role because mm, okay. he's a player and a coach. Yeah. Now, the reason mm. why I bring that up is like, if, I'm, if I've got budget limitations and, I'm, uh, and I want flexibility, then would it not be kind of good to have somebody like Jake? To be honest, Jake's the only one that is a Jake right now, unless, unless you're going to run Toby as a Jake yeah. next season, which may, might be possible. I could see that. I could see Toby yep, being, yeah. being a player and a coach at the same time. Um, where you have a person where, like, let's say, uh, okay, let's just say they're both supports because that's what Jake played this year. Um, and maybe main supports are a thing next year. But I'm, I'm a GM, and I want my strategies. I want to sign two flex supports. That's what I declared a little bit earlier, right? But then I sign a Toby or a Jake on my team, and then I actually have the fallback. Like, one of my coaches is actually a pretty good main support. So yeah. if I fucked up, if I, like, heavily screwed myself over and I didn't sign a main support, oh, well, Jake, Toby, get in there. It's your time to play now. Um, right, maybe that's an option. I'm just thinking, I'm just spitballing. You know, that could be a thing. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think my brain, you know, uh, imaginatively jumps the gun and is like oh who's looking for a main support that maybe has a, is a good leadership personality like you said as a coach probably needs to be a fully korean roster let him return back home to seoul or don't we have coach toby come back home to the seoul dynasty regain the days of lunatic high and you know maybe rock another year under you know with, with some playing time and you know some some offshoot coaching you know, maybe at the assistant level role, not necessarily at the assistant coach role, because he's obviously right. going to be an active starter. But yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Wouldn't be no, a no shame to Animo. That would be a hard substitute. I, I don't know how contract wise that would work. I don't even know what contract sure. Jake's yeah. on. Is he on a coaching contract or a player contract? Because there might mm, be a, a thing player. in the Overwatch League where, you, where to be a player you actually have to be on a playing contract, mm. which means essentially yeah. I am just signing this guy as a player. But then again, then then it's a player that doubles up as a coach. Basically, I've signed an extra substitute 
for whatever amount of money I've signed him for, minimum 50.7k, right? Yep. But their main job is probably going to be coaching. So I, so my substitute isn't just rotting on a bench as most substitutes would be. They're actually in an active coaching role because I've doubled up on a position. Um, and that could be, you know, a potential smart thing to do. So maybe Houston are winning in two ways. Maybe maybe holding on to both Dante and Jake could be a pretty pretty five head move moving forward. Um, I'm kind of glad that the player coach role has become less, yeah, bastardized. That's that's definitely a, a, the word I would use. I, I think at the start of Overwatch, it, it was very much like, haha, we don't want to pay you much, so we're just going to kind of keep you around because you're a nice guy and you know you you bring good vibes to the team. But now it's actually shifting and molded into something that we've kind of had for a long time, but never was given the Which proper I'm, role. I'm just doing it. I'm just suggesting it. If I was a GM, I'm just doing it because I'm trying to be a little bit tricky. You know, I'm just trying to be a little bit clever where I'm like, how can I squeeze more value if I'm if I'm someone with a limited budget? But it's like actually like it's tangible value it's it's, yeah. it is smart but i think the way that we tried to and and we as a community that means you know some of the front office people again years ago um tried to spin some of these decisions we're like oh well they're a player coach now like they we, you know they're they're still in the team no, no i mean were they though like that's something you did after you realized this person wasn't going to play anymore. Whereas I'm, yes. whereas for what I'm talking about now, is we're I being planned, active. I planned this from the beginning. Exactly. Yes. And I, I'm glad time. that that's transitioned in that direction. I'm glad that you know people are taking. Fair, I don't. I don't know that teams are going to do this. I'm just saying it's something I would do. Sure. Um, if I was, if I was really, uh, what I'm saying is I should be a GM. No, uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Budget. Um, valiant high me. No, don't. They don't have enough, <laughs> no. um, the the thing is, like, yes, this is like a great approach let's be honest this is first and foremost this is a pr type of framing right because if you think about it you know how many players there are in the overwatch league that essentially have as much input as their assistant coach they're a bunch oh are yeah. they coaches in effect no it's just a frame you know like a label you mm -hmm. attach to book guys when yep. in essence they actually contribute a lot to the strategical process of that game there's even teams that have um, you know, more uh, a player approach in terms of the strategical outlook of the mm -hmm. game and whatnot. Like, I think in essence, it is it's sort of like a you don't necessarily have to tell people that this guy has so much influ influence on the strategy, right? Like, I'm pretty sure, given how good J Mac is in the coaching position, that he had something to do with uh, London Spitfire strategy when mm -hmm. he was. On Spitfire, right? Stuff like this. To, you yeah. just don't you just don't hear about it as much. Yeah. I am I crazy or, or like can you start to spot those players from a mile away where you're just like, Man, I don't know, like I don't know if you're up to scratch these days, but people keep giving you a job. Yeah. You gotta be bringing something. And it doesn't surprise me that J Mac was one of those players. So I'm like, Man, I don't know if, if playing is right for you, but they must like you. You yeah. must be doing something right behind the scenes. And lo and behold, now he's a head coach, right? Now, lo and behold, you know, he comes out with like these crazy dossiers and, you know, writes up, you know, billions of words for his players, right? Like it's no surprise. Uh, it's just getting them in those right positions. Yeah. Let's dive into, let's dive into an actual team now. Uh, mm. Cause we've spent forever on the preamble. Like guys, the foreplay took an hour here. Let's, let's actually get into the, some good stuff. Um, mm. I cleaned up. I manscaped. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Promo, code crouch, promo code tactical crouch. Promo code tactical crouch. Take a long time. We, you know, it's a lot of whining and dying because <laughs> that's where it starts, really. Is and we're finally going to get to. Uh, let's just start with the Paris Eternal because sure. you've already talked. You talked to you, you talked to Vala. You talked yes. to Don. Um, we have the news now uh, to catch everybody up of what's happening in Paris. Essentially, uh, they've obviously made cuts. They've held on to four players, released everybody else, and mm. held on to only one coach. Correct me if I'm wrong, Yiska, but you, you, you talked to Vala and it came down to budget limitations meant that she could only hold them to four players and one coach. And those four players are Dan Khan, Naga, Dridro, and obviously J-Mac is now the head coach and the only coach. Yes. So I'm not sure if that's definitively the case, as in like that's the mold that the organization allowed for her. Um, it's, it's just maybe the one that she found to be the most sensical approach. I'm actually not too sure right. on the... On, on the um, on the situation there. But yes, like, uh, I think it's it's also, like, just a compelling argument, right? Like, once again, you got to pay those guys during the offseason. Um, you are evaluating, you're trying to hold on to your most valuable player, uh, targets. I mean, I even asked her if there's a possibility for some of those guys to come back, and she said, yeah, that's a possibility, right? Um, you got to look what the market looks like when you eventually uh, get to the p position where you may have to make decisive moves. And... Um, I think, generally speaking, if you if you look at Oni God, he's not a mm -hmm. not a bad player. He had a great season for like how long he was around. Look at the talent pool expected to be around for that role, though, in in the FA season, right? Like, is that someone you gotta pay and definitely lock up? Otherwise, pe people will be competing with you against him, or you will will definitely not be able to find like a player he can uh he would or that couldn't replace him adequately, it's unlikely in that position, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, that, there's a lot of heartbreak involved, I'm sure, with this, but the, I, from the outside, it's just like, if you de-emotionalize this decision, it makes a ton of sense to just like not, like the, the, the guys that were signed, right? Like, you want Naga, like finding a Western-speaking flex DPS that is affordable, bro, it's, it's not easy. That, hence why London Spitfire had to go for Blase. Like, you yeah. couldn't find a European one, right? Who, by the way, you know, breaking has uh, officially been released from the Spitfire right. as of about minutes ago. And it's the same for Hybrid, right? Yeah. Correct. Um, like, Khan is a great flex support. I think you probably won't find anyone. Like, if, if you... If you let mm -hmm. that guy go mm -hmm. and have to resign him, I imagine his salary is probably going to be higher because I, I imagine I other people would be competing with you uh, of that player. Dredro pretty much is the player that brought the change in your season around. Wow, they also released Hardy, did? That wow. I didn't actually catch, but that's actually kind of surprising. Well, well let's we'll get to the London bit. Right. Sorry, that just popped up. That just popped up on my second segment. We'll do an official segment on London when we yeah. get there. Yeah, we'll, you just right saw now, my live live reaction to that. Um, no, but the, the I think this choice is the only one you could probably argue, and I wouldn't do it. But Dan is an interesting choice given um like the the situation of tanks that are in. They must really like Dan in terms of like what he provides in the comms and the general flexibility the guy has. Keep in mind, like he made it through that trial process and uh, had a lot of success there. So that's probably something that internally makes a lot of sense. I don't hate any of those decisions, right? Like, uh, okay, what I will say is, 
I feel really bad for uh, Get a Maze. So, um, I think, like, they're... And I'm not saying that is necessarily like a blind spot for Abala. Uh, I, I'm not in the team, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's more an advertisement to, to other... It's Get a Maze or J-Mac. It's a tough choice, right? Dude, like, the things... The, the criticisms of Get a Maze that I keep hearing are the very same I heard of Moon. Now look at Moon. I'm not saying get, get a Mace is necessarily like right. a, get, uh, a moon level coach. We don't have nearly enough data to like, right? Um, but the type of leadership that is required, like, dude, having a, a robust system, it doesn't mean you, it always has to be like the nicest environment and nobody's ever fighting or whatever. That's not what I mean. But a workable mm. environment, like there is, I quoted... Like in a in a recent uh, video script, I quoted Arnold saying, "Like he feels like esports very often for championship level teams, making it through the season without crumbling is the most important aspect of esports sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's true. Like you want to have an internal atmosphere that can like make it through rough times and not crumble, uh, even on the home stretch, right? And I think that's that's the type of environment that." Um, Get a Mace is able to create uh, for a team from from the information I'm gathering. It's so important that Dallas and Shanghai gave up a whole tournament stage to make sure they weren't yeah. going to crumble. Yes, yeah, hundred percent, right? Like, mm-hmm. and um, sure, they like it. Also takes a a leadership position to tell your very hungry players to not fully pursue, and we're going to actually take like a, a less like hardcore approach to screaming we're going to get the lock block less that this is just the quality of people like moon and rush right um from my understanding like it, there's there's criticism or there's not there's like the idea that players will always value tactical coaches more mm-hmm. right yep there's you're uh, you're going where i was gonna take dude, you anyway okay so. let me let me find this quote because it's it's hilarious how um yeah. How accurate it is in terms of uh, the, the, I laughed the, and I hadn't even heard it yet. Because I, I have a funny feeling these these criticisms have been thrown around since forever. Okay, this is uh, don't hate me. It's it's from the Dowdy uh, teaching, and it's the translation of leadership, like how it's perceived. Uh-huh. And it goes: the master doesn't talk; he acts. When his work is done, the people will say, "Amazing." We did it all by ourselves. Or, as the new uh, interpretation, the people will say, amazed, we did it all by ourselves. Right? So, mm. you can, like, the problem is, if you have esports players, and, okay, how, should I frame it that way? I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if you ask a player who's the most valuable um, coach you have, they will always tell you the guy that wowed them with information uh, that they previously didn't have. They will never tell you the guy that sort of like keeps the atmosphere at, uh, at the highest level. It's very hard like to... You, you, you almost... When you communicate with esports players for the longest time, you got to demonstrate competence. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they won't, won't take you for granted. But they are also ridiculously incompetent when it comes to leadership skills to the point where they wouldn't even recognize it for a lot of them, right? 
So inherently, a people's person, a leadership personality will always forever be undervalued, especially this is something I kept hearing about Moon uh, in the past. And now he's like an Overwatch League level coach, has, is probably the second most accomplished coach in Overwatch League history. With the Valiant having very good results, winning a stage, then, I mean, Team CC, whatever, and then, um, like, Overwatch League Season 3, won stage titles, Overwatch Season 4, he wins the championship, right? It's, and I'm not saying, like, Moon isn't strategically well-versed, well because I think he, especially over his time in Overwatch League, leveled up big time here, but... Like, his strength is being a charismatic leader. And I think there's a lot of value to be derived from personalities like this. Yep. So, so and this is, this, is, this is where the whole, you know, limitation factor comes in, because I think if Vala could, she probably keeps both. If yeah. you mm-hmm. probably just don't change anything, again, Amazer's still your head coach next year. Um, and then beyond that as well, in an ideal world, you wrap all of that up into one person, who is both a great emotional leader, a great like interpersonal relationship kind of person, charismatic, like I said, in terms of leader, uh, leading from a personality standpoint, which is important. People underrate that a lot. But then also has the strategic knowledge and tactical knowledge to back that up. Also, that's just a perfect coach. If you could, if you could get all that, I mean, then you're you're off to the races. Like you, you just win. You've won. Um, but usually that's not the case. Like you said, Yiska, Usually that's not the case. Why? Because the best tactical coaches are usually like really good ex players that have a strong mind for the game, and they may not be the best people in terms of having mm-hmm. the right interpersonal relationship knowledge of how to manage that kind of stuff. But now begs the question of if you are in a tough position and you can only have one coach going to the next season or Overwatch to a brand new game, would you rather have a tactical coach? Or a charismatic coach. Yes. And this is where, like, it's a tough choice, right? And part of me thinks, well, it's a new game. I would like a, a big brain to kind of help me figure yeah. out a new game. I may be sure. leaning the tactical coach. I think that's coach. sound, yeah. I'll probably lean the tactical coach for that one, honestly. Mm. That's where I kind of, like, I love Get Maze, but I think Avala, if you want to be strategic here, probably made the right choice. Yes. I agree. Uh, that, that, then again, like, there is the situation where you already have the competence factor within the players that you signed effectively yeah. signing strategical coaches and but they have a shit approach to practice or like internal i i honestly like there's a lot of teams that are going to be created this offseason that will have attitude issues um once they I hit think your gm needs to step in and crack a whip yes on some level as well i i, I don't think if you're do you i think you're not doing your job as a gm if you're like purely relying on your head coach to be that emotional leader and to like keep people in line all mm, that kind of yeah. stuff like what the fuck are you doing are you just counting beans behind the counter like come on yeah you on some level you need to step in and you got to be the person that's kind of and i hate to be putting more on avala's plate because god knows she's got enough on her plate yeah, probably yeah. too much to deal with already uh because they just had to bend a translator as well if i was probably gonna have to pick up the load on that but and this is the problem. Yeah, this is the problem when you when you're on a team that's in the middle of the table that's got a lot of restrictions. You got a limited budget. This is what you got to work with. And if you want to have a team that can survive through next year, it's just a tough. It's just tough to get through. I don't envy her oh, or yeah. Paris's situation at all. Yeah, I think yeah, her in particular. I think she's in a a between a rock and a hard place. Um, 
I think that's kind of where I lean in the opposite direction um, in terms of like what coach I would want. Um, I think Avril, you had kind of hit the nail on the head for me. You know, you can have what, what's more likely in my mind kind of really stuck out. What was more likely to have from a player the intangibles of being kind of an emotional leader or a logistical, you know, somebody who kind of keeps things lubricated and moving smoothly within the team um, or somebody who is more strategically minded, who has like a good feel for the game. Um, I, I'm more charitable to the latter. And I think I'd, I'd probably want a, a charismatic leadership, motivational kind of um, somebody who isn't necessarily incredibly savvy about the game, but can kind of, quash a lot of those things i i reflect on what yiska said about that quote from arnold you know you want to make sure if that's if that's what's most important mm -hmm. you know let's say 80 percent of the time in esports i think that's like worth investing money into um especially so, when you're going to a new game that that would then put a lot of the weight and pressure of the strategical tactical development totally plays themselves which, yep. which would be the risk you're it's, taking with it's that. and worth. and i will or I, and I would, and I'll, and I'll, you know, concede as well that in the opposite way, you'd then be putting a lot of that, uh, the weight and burden of being able to lead a team in a more personality mm -hmm. or charisma based level, probably towards your GM or towards your, yeah. your strategic head coach who's going to need to learn that shit. Or maybe the team captain as well. And you're hoping there's a captain on your roster that can, mm. you know, put the troops in line. Uh, that would be the dream. None of them are perfect. None of, they just all the have thing, pros and cons. Just before we move on from the eternal, because I think we've had a good discussion here, is that yeah. um, no, this is definitely not like a binary one and zero thing. Oh, like, yeah. here we go. J-Mac is 10 out of 10 strategic and he's zero on the yeah. personality. Again, Amaze is 10 out of 10 on personality and zero on the strategic. It doesn't work like that. There's, it's going to be somewhere in the middle for both of them. Mm. And the one's going to be stronger in one area, one's going to be stronger in the other area. But it's not like this is a zero in the other, in the other yeah. part, right? It's going to be... J-Mac's going to have some level of ability to have an interpersonal uh, relationship mm -hmm. and knowledge of how to handle that with the, with the team, because that's quite important. Um, so who knows? And maybe if you're a value, you, you weigh everything up and see how that goes. You also have to remember as well that the other uh, negative side of keeping J-Mac over Get Amazed is that ultimately he's still not super fluent in English and you're doing a Western roster here which then Avala has to then take on the burden of herself doing a lot of the translation because, well, she's the translator now, isn't she? So mm. you want to keep J-Mac, you're going to have to put, you're going to have to, you know, put a lot of hours into translating uh, yourself, which is something I'm sure Avala had to consider in her decisions. But Eternal, we look on with a lot of interest. Um, final thing I'll say is that, because uh, we had this discussion about like main tank or well, tanks going into Overwatch 2. Clearly, they've chosen Dan over Vostola. Whereas I think when we start exploring some of these other rosters, a lot of teams have actually opted to, to choose the off tank, not the main tank player from Overwatch right. 1. Whereas Paris have opted to choose the main tank player. So, um, and now we can talk about that further as we head over to the next team. Mm. Which is the London Spitfire, where they dropped their main tank of Hardy. They've also dropped. So this is literally breaking news. Yeah, they have. They have uh, since we started this episode of recording, they have announced they have dropped Hardy, Hybrid, and Blase from the roster. And that's all we got so far. I think that's. Well, I'm sure maybe there'll be more. Maybe by the end of the episode, we'll be like, <laughs> "Hey guys, there's more." But right now, <laughs> it's just those three. Um, and 
in line with what I'm saying, I think the majority of teams are getting rid of the main tank player, not the off tank player. Yeah, I think that has been the role throughout Overwatch 1's kind of life cycle that has been uh, more flexible. Haha, forehead, flex tank it was more flexible. No shit, Joe, of course. Um, but with how much... Right, right. With like, no flexibility. <laughs> th there's definitely those people who uh, never really had to. Um, either somebody else filled in the gap or somebody, you know, they just didn't run that strat, whatever it was. Um, but again, I, I think we have to not understate how much is going to change and how different these tanks are going to feel. I think yesterday I was, I was watching um, a little bit of Contenders and I'm looking at like, Reinhardt charge and I'm like think about how different we're going to have to view that one specific ability with just the the small tweaks and changes and now imagine that on like a wide scale where we actually see all the reworks we get the new heroes we see all their abilities how they interact with one another what they can do I want flexibility that is going to be the premium and yes it seems like a no-brainer but it's not a no-brainer for every role obviously with Paris it's different for London, it might not be the same. Um, mm. It's don't don't underestimate this game. I, I I really I really caution that this is gonna be weird. Also, just fun fact: mm -hmm. if Spitfire don't announce any more players being released, they literally have five players remaining. They could play. Yeah, that's the five players that they just. I guess that just means that's the five players. They just stick with those five players and move on, unless. As I refresh, nope, Molfig's also been dropped. So I just refreshed Twitter, Molfig's also been <laughs> dropped. So I guess I'm, I've, I'm just wrong. I'm just wrong. They've been both the same. I no, mean, it was a good not... shot. It was, it was close. It was. It was. I was nearly, I was nearly a, a five head right there. But now I just get to be a normal four head again. Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, teams. Well, guys, shut, shut up, guys. Other teams are still are keeping the the flex tanks over the or the off tanks over the main tanks. So my point still stands. Um. But the interesting thing is, and this is still developing, maybe we should have done London last. I actually regret doing London early because by the time we get to the end, I'm sure there'll be more announcements. But mm. it was fun imagining London just keeping the five players with Shaq, Sparker, Ripper, Kalex, and Molfig, and just like, boom, there's so much two team. But I don't know if that's a great idea. If I'm on London, if I'm Nuki, I don't know if I keep Ripper and Kalex. I think Shaqs and Sparker could be good mm. for next year. Sparker especially, I am predicting that potentially Ripper and Calyx go as well. Saying I'm predicting is really weird because by the time anyone listens to this episode, it's all going to be out there and it's yeah. just like we already know anyway. But right now, I don't actually know. But okay, I have to assume the supports are not going to be. I think I I don't have to say it, but come on, dude! Like they weren't the worst backline in the Overwatch League, but they were damn near close, right? Yeah, uh, not great. Like, not great. Um, also, not very memorable. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't really like. Oh, I didn't like Kalex's brig or blah blah blah. I can't. I can't remember like how I felt about him, and that I think says more is like the the general apathy towards that backline. They really never jumped off the page. We've seen Ripa try to get integrated into you know the Overwatch League before. It really never happened. Kalex obviously has been, you know respect him for his time within the league and within the game but it just yeah, isn't gonna cut it anymore time's run out man yeah dude I've... how badly how badly did london just look over the other side of the fence and how green the grass is for the paris eternal like man i wish we had khan and Redra. 
Mm, how good that would be. It is tasty. <laughs> yeah, it is tasty. And they could have. Oh, they could have. Don't know. I've no idea. I, I mean, I'll, I'll let they, that one fall in your lap. They went. I mean, everyone in Paris went through trials, right? A trial process sure. over three, uh, three stages, mm. and I mean, okay, Dridro was part of the Boston uprising, so I'm I'm not sure. The thing is, I think he's on the academy team. So yes, academy team. Sorry. Okay. Um, and that of course comes with a buyout, and mm -hmm. maybe D London didn't have the ability to pick that one up for sure. Paris Eternal. They had to pick that up because Neptuno uh, was leaving, right? So, didn't he also? Oh wait, get... I think he might have left uh, Boston yes. Academy, right? So they I didn't believe so. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm already competing. It's hard to say. Maybe they didn't have a have a choice. It's, actually, I mean, it's it's tough, right? Obviously, in a perfect world, yes, everybody goes through the same trial process. Everybody has the same budgets, but a lot of those kind of tertiary decisions or restraints kind of cut you at the knees when you want specific players where it's like, yeah, this guy trialed really well. And goes, I'm not saying this is what happened, but I think with this particular example, looking at Dredro, it's like, I think it was a great choice in the long run. Do you have the money to kind of spend on that? Obviously Paris was, you know, had a fire under them. And it seemed like if our timelines are right, Dredro leaves the team is open to free agency. There's no buyout, obviously. It kind of makes perfect sense. Um, what I will say about London is I think they have, like Avril said, they have a, a couple good pieces that they can kind of mold around for the future. Sparker Shack's obviously great. Um, I thought Mulfig had a decent season. Um, but yeah, I mean, general kind of apathy towards the roster uh, after after their performance. Um, nobody really kind of jumped out other than like the DPS that you kind of are already like, well, yeah, we've seen Sparker. Yeah, yeah we've seen Shaxx. Yeah, um, yeah uh, it, it's probably best to just kind of blow it up and start over. Yeah. I don't know that there's much more to add yeah. here. I, obviously, there's two, they're going to keep a Western lineup. Um, and maybe maybe they, they attempt a strategy similar to NYXL where like, well, we have one or two good pieces we want to build around, yeah. boom, do it. Or maybe the you know, Toronto strategy as well, Toronto just keeping the one player, right? Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to be fighting with the Paris Eternal once again, very closely in the offseason to secure very similar players if they want to go for EU players. Yep. Otherwise, NA is an open field, but then you're competing against Florida and everyone else that wants to go for NA players. So, good luck to that. And I mean, who knows? Titans might do, be doing the same yeah. thing. Um, strangely enough, I think this is one of the the few good times to be a Western player because mm -hmm. you might be you might be in luck with a lot of rosters. Whereas I think in the past, especially when I've when I've looked at NA contenders players wanting to come up, it's it's felt a bit uh, pointless. It's felt a little bit demotivating because it's like, yeah. oh, there's just all these Korean teams. I got no shot, and there's like three or four Western teams I could go on, and they're all full. Uh, whereas now this off season is going to be wildly open. I, I think we might want to address the next topic as like a catch-all for a lot of the teams that went for the full blow-up strategy. Mm. So we have Florida-Toronto Folden as one of our topic lines, but let me go ahead and throw in the NYXL in there. Uh, are there any other teams that went for the full blow-up? Dynasty will go in that direction. We obviously, I think they, uh, because they, oh. I mean, 
Arnold are messaging. racing. They're yeah. going to make some big changes, right? So uh, uh, Sol are basically all but going to go in that direction, I have to assume. Um, who, what other team has fully blown up the roster um, that I haven't mentioned yet? Uh, Mayhem, right? Austin doesn't count. Yeah, yes, Mayhem. We have Mayhem, Toronto, NYXL have done a full blow-up. Yeah. Um, with Seoul probably on the horizon. That's it. I think that's Outside it. Outside of that, yeah, that's as much maybe as Titans. I maybe Titans as well will go in that direction. So let's let's just discuss mm. uh, the three teams that we know have blown up, and maybe if you want to speculate on some of the other teams so far. But like, what are we what are we thinking here? Obviously, like Florida is maybe a bit more straightforward. Yaki's there, but he won't be for long. They'll trade him, obviously, because yeah. the rumors were that Mayhem are going full NA. The fact that they've just ditched everybody is probably strong evidence to suggest that. Um, and that we'll, we'll just work with that assumption for now, because I think it, if they wanted, if they want to keep a mixed roster, I think you do keep Yaki, but. Totally. I think, Otherwise, like, is that the front runner? Is Yaki the front runner for, like, the biggest, like, off-season move? Hell no. Well, okay, for right now, again. Well, do tell, Yiska. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, Proper's it right there, there, dude. Who? Proper? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, sure. Proper as well, but, but within... Not, not just not, pick not up. Rookie. Yeah, not... Yes. Just, like, okay. acquisition, trading, selling, whatever you want to do. Right, like that isn't just a rookie. Like I feel like Yaki yeah. doesn't a. I think he's like in a weird, like Schrodinger's box area where he's both like way too overhyped and like doesn't get any attention or love in like the same <laughs> sentence. I can I completely see what you're getting with that, yeah. and I completely agree. With you know what like, I mean? Like this kid genuinely is like really good, but like people go like way too far with it. Yeah. On both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he he's a very polarizing player. Um, I'm more charitable to him. I think he's he's been great for a long time since like back when like him and Kuki were a duo. Um, not duo and DPS, just for all the 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 uh, the the people coming for me. Um, yeah, I think Yaki like Yaki's potential move wherever he goes. I think is going to be like at the end of the season, like that one that we would have like to spend more time on. I think he's going to be a big there, upgrade for some team. Is there a team right now that you just like, boom, he should just go there. Like just an instant, easy fit. Makes total sense. Is there a team? Ooh. Do I, do I hate him on fusion? Next to Carpe? I mean, that's that, that's the weird one. Where it's like they okay, haven't, they haven't dropped Rascal as well, just so we're clear. Rascal is technically sure. still there. We don't know what's going to happen, but I, if I, if you had a gun to my about, head, if you max Kellerman me, I don't think Rascal's going to be there. I want Yaki, much like he wants Iguodala. Just going to say that. How you guys want some, about some juice? Juices, juices up. Okay, I yeah, think with the crop preserver. I think there's no way Yaki will be a top five off-season trade. When it's all said and done, it's basically impossible. Uh, based on the trades that are currently in the ether. Oh shit! <laughs> they, that means there's some stuff, uh, some unannounced stuff yeah. happening. That means, and I mean, yes, like, I get what you're means saying. With that like the there's rookies, like a profit but... level trade happening currently. Yeah. That means there's like a flit. Obviously, flit is not being traded, but there's like there's like a flitter level trade about to happen that we don't know about. Dev, uh, yes, I mean, in, in, in essence, it's possible that these teams just go, ah, 
you know, I didn't get the money I wanted, and we're not sure, 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 sure. Yeah, of course. Um, but as it stands right now, with the information that you have currently, you're saying this could could not feasibly, possibly, in any ether sense of imagination, Yaki could not be one like, of those moves. It's like seven or eight, I think, if, for my estimation of Yaki. Okay, well, I mean, I. Joe, you did say you did say you know he's both equally the most overhyped and underhyped player in the world. Agreed. So, I think it's it's like an impact thing where it's where like yeah on that scale again. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I think I, I think I he's know. more reasonable with Yaki. I, I definitely have never hated any of his comments on him. Um, outside of yeah, I think anyhow. he's a plus s minus, depending on the hero. Yeah, type of player. but yeah. I think but I think there are teams that need that and like will will utilize him much like Florida sure. did, but with better pieces. You know what I mean? And I think like that's my like last hand on the mountain as, as you know, you know, somebody's about to like step on it like that, that cliffhanger of the movie that um, I'm like, OK, maybe there can be just like a cohesion thing that makes him better or let me makes this trade better. We, let me let me give you a name. And I'm not saying that's happening or whatnot, sure. but let me tell you, like, for instance, someone I would consider to be a bigger deal for the market than Yaki. Uh-huh. Okay. For example, Mike Kelly. I'm joking. <laughs> Go on. Funny Astro. Disagree. Ah, that's tough. Disagree. I don't know. I put more of a premium on DPS, like we said earlier, and this is where I kind of think Avril's going, but I'll let him postulate on that. I'm, I put low, more on of a, I'm low on yeah. main support. I'm high on DPS. That's why I, I put a premium on the DPS, and I look at Yaki, and I'm like, this kid's got a little bit more flexibility than I think people realize. True. If, if Funny Astro, if it was if it was Alarm instead of Funny Astro, I'm all yeah. there with you. But yep. Flex support, consider consider main who support, wants I'm a, not big on main a Western main support. That is a lot of fire. Right? Yeah, a lot of people. Also, I don't like you saw funny Astro's mechanics. You can't tell me he can't play Zen. Okay. It's not he, that he can't he play even, Zen. He even said, I don't know why I win Zen. And he believed it was a bit of a meme. I'm not saying so, he can't improve and get to a level yes. where he can yep. be good. But like that was that was a very he brought out Zen on Fusion versus I can't even remember what team. It might have been versus a team like Glass, which is just you can't be doing that. It's just not a good time. True. Um, and then you're gonna get. I'm sorry. Like Funny Asher is a fantastic main support, but you are gonna get destroyed by Shu Skewed if you're gonna try and yeah. go Zen. Then it's just it's not the same. Um, and who knows? Maybe over time he could get there. But um, I've seen way more examples of flex supports going main support than the other way around. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it can't be done. It's just like I'm not big on main supports. You're not wrong. And that there are going to be teams looking for a Western main support, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know if you should be looking for a, a main support. I I would rather double stack flex supports, and that's the risk I yep. would take. Yeah, but that's, again, that's, I could be laughably wrong. I could be laughably wrong by that's April, the risk, I, I, and my, I think there's less of a risk with DPS. You know what I mean? Like it's to to your credit, Avril. Like I I do think. There's significantly less of a risk when you have somebody like Yaki coming in. Uh, that is Crimzo, tested. It is good. I'm gonna drop a hot take here. I think Crimzo is a hotter, a hotter com commodity just because wow. good Western flake support. Yeah, good Western I mean, flake support. 
it's no shame. That. It's no shame to. I'm not trying to put down Funny Asher. Mm. I just don't think his position is okay. valuable That's, for Wichita. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that. Yep. I think I think Crimzo's in a far more uh, beneficial position. Like, forget about Juby. That kid's he's just done. If he's a main main support, this is a shame. Too, too much of a rookie, but Crimzo, he yeah. that's that's I'm looking for that. If I'm building a Western roster and I want a good flex support, bro, Crimzo is my go to, he's my number one. Yep. I think, for instance, like in terms of like rarity, right? Western mm -hmm. flex DPS is pretty hard, dude. Um, yep. I think Western flex support is very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, main support, okay, you you can like, I, I. I respect the idea that that position probably will not be too desired in Overwatch 2. That could very well be the case. And then Western main tank is also going to be pretty challenging, right? Oh, totally, yeah. Um, I think Korean hitscan almost makes you want to like be hybrid, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, that in like the stackedness of sure, that hero yeah. pool this offseason is going to be insane. Um. Mm. But yeah, like I think one Someone one save pine. <laughs> one we dodged was Kepster, for instance, hitting, hitting in the market. Um, mm -hmm. Like that would have been a, like theoretically I'm just saying, that thinking insane. Out, right? That would have broken the internet. Uh, <laughs> that would have broken our Twitter. D David is far too intelligent to ever give away Kepster. Yeah, that is like a fucking queen chess piece. You do not give that away. I mean, it, it's it's so like. Do you think there's a world where Soul lets go of profit? Probably. Yeah, I think there's a world. I just don't know if the, we I live in it. I think there's a far greater world that he just decides to leave mm -hmm. rather than they get rid of him. Okay. Uh, I don't know that we want to... Are we diving into Soul talk? Because I we still at Toronto, New York, and this, like... Yeah, let's finish yeah, up with Foldems. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll get to Soul. Sure. Yiska's all... Every episode, Yiska's trying to drag us into the next topic. I, I, I don't have a structured mind, man. bro. Like my my mind is not you know in boxes like little tendrils that like just mm. like interweave That's and nice. jumping from people that, X Y. People that listen like like time just get ADD, bro. Them. Like every self <laughs> self respecting esports fan. So so help me get past Toronto and New York real quick, and then we'll go to Solden. So Toronto and New York have blown up their rosters. Uh, is he Sue a piece you build around, or is he being held on for trade value, like we assume Yaki is? Uh, I think Toronto probably could build around Hisu, but that's yeah. a I think they said that as much. Done Did they? I think yeah. the general manager, on I guess owner slash general manager, they kept KDG as well, right? I think so. so. It's KDG and Hisu hand in hand walking into Overwatch <laughs> too. I think um, okay, you want you want me to be inflammatory? I don't think this kid is nearly good enough to build a franchise around. I don't disagree. I don't know. I don't know what. The, I think that's probably the most <laughs> most likely play, because I really don't know if yeah, like he's, he's gonna Yaki be fans coming off to you now. trade bait. You know what I mean? Like, who's really hurting for Hisu right now? That you're like, oh yeah, I want to trade Philly for like a piece. It's just like, is it cause there's just like like a million and one hit scans out there? It feels like it. I think Hisu's like, biggest thing. Ons is a fucking free agent. There's so many hit scans just. Oh, it's raining hit scans, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's raining men and it's just all hit scan plays. Shit. It's the the one upside that you have to give Hisu is a Sombra. Right? Like how many other hit scans outside of like lip can we say that like can compete with Sombra? Not not like play, but like actively be good. Can we can we speculate on why they got rid of Aspire when Aspire was probably arguably their best piece this year? 
I think he was just a Band-Aid player. Going, is it, was is he it also not in the group chat? The, <laughs> is it because is it because Defiant want to go full oh, Korean Jesus. That's yeah I mean it has to be you know they've been Logics and a Spy because otherwise I think you keep a Spy I th- I would rather build a franchise around a Spy than Hisu is that a hard take um, I don't think the so only reason you wouldn't, the only reason you wouldn't do that is if, if you're trying to go Korean yeah mm-hmm. Yep. I think the western market is very untapped um, yes from what we're hearing you know, in the, I guess it's not even really early days of roster building, but there are definitely more people doing that. So, of course, you're going to be competing there. But I feel like competing for Korean talent is probably very expensive on top of like the logistical costs of getting a visa, bringing them over, trying to accommodate them, which you obviously should. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but that is, you know, Bro, that is a cost that budgets sometimes can't afford. Dude, like, Hisu is the most, most average motherfucker in the Overwatch League, if you think about it. Is he better than I'm 37? At some things, maybe. Yeah, I sure at some things. What is exactly league average? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I... I mean, just go, go down the list of players that Out like, of are better IBM than him. rankings. IBM never lies to me. Surely they'll tell me who league average is. <laughs> Problem is, and this is, this is where, like, I'll defend you here a little bit because I know, I know people are going to come at you like, oh, you're scared. Make a list, bro. So Make a list. But like, Show me your the list. Problem, the problem, problem with a lot of fans as well is that, like, according to fans, like, every, every dude is a top five DPS. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, every, every single, every, the entire DPS player pool in the entire league is top five to them. Yep. So, uh, you know. And I you can't, can't have I, them I make a list. Because they just put them in that list and then they try to argue it. Like um, they don't, they don't remove like their own bias. They're just gonna be like, yeah, he's who's fifth at uh, the top five DPS because I think profits wash and he's not gonna get any better and bro, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Just like think of the names next year. We have Leaf, we have Fletter, we have Lip, we have a Prida, we have um, Proper, we have Pelican, like. I'm already at six, and I'm like, have I said profit? <laughs> like profit. You're not even. You're not even close to getting to Hisu. Glista now, was was a better player Fucking than Hisu. Is there is well, Shy to pop up next year. Mm. We're at nine. Maybe Hisu is ten. I, I Kai. List, okay, we're ten. Know. Now he's already below sparkle average. Yet? You got sparkle yet? Sparkle. You okay. Sparkle yet? No, didn't have sparkle, so he's eleven. Oh, he's a below he's average nose now. Uh, would you say Doha is a better player? Yeah. Uh, maybe not that. exactly as uh, I, I guess maybe it, not this I season know. I don't know no Doha was pretty decent um, I'm, I'll do I'll, yeah. I'll take a Doha I, I, t- I take the Doha Sombra over the Hisu Sombra I'll be real that um, fair yeah I, I take about, I take you, the Doha package over did you talk about Bergeron Kefsi I know there's a rumor about Bergeron potentially retired but I don't know if you included Kefsi in that conversation so mm. basically yeah you're not wrong but by the time you get down like I'd probably take Nero over Hisu as well I'm not gonna be honest yeah. with you <laughs> Um, yeah. By the time you start getting down the list, like he's actually below average. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Toronto fans are gonna mold. They're gonna mold. Like technical crouch said that he was below average. So what? Then you actually make bro. Kind of true. When you I mean, okay, I, so I literally, with... I literally just said I'd rather have a spy than he's So he's even below a spy for me. <laughs> with that in mind, like what are they? What are they doing with him? Is this somebody who you think really you want to build a franchise around? Apparently. Uh... I guess. Yeah. <sighs> I, don't I don't know with this know. team, man. This is a bizarre team. I, I, I said it before. So I, I, look, KDG crack cone on here. It's, it's, considering I'm already on my on my dickish in my dickish bag, let's be honest. Like 
I tweeted about it before, but man, is there a more underwhelming franchise than the Toronto Defined? Yes, like everything that appears very forgettable. They they appear yeah. to be doing seems to be working tremendously, and I'm not saying that that orc should change a strategy because obviously fans love them. Well, so okay, there's you some could, certain strategy you could they change. You could maybe get more love out of your location because very clearly your fans love them. You're monetizing well. I don't hate that part of it whatsoever. I'm talking competitively. You are the most forgettable orc in the Overwatch League. You had like one run in the playoffs, with, which was like Summer Showdown 2020. Yeah. Everything else about you is completely forgettable. Even in your... That was really bad. What? Is that the other Canadian team is more memorable? Yes! For bad reasons. But they're more memorable. I mean, also for that's season sad. two, that that, that's memorable. I, I'm not, Every I don't team. Even, I don't even include season two. I'm only talking about the even just, <laughs> just only the, the pieces. Yeah, Titans are more memorable for for all the worst reasons, but they are mm. sadly. Every yeah. other team had either a an extended period of time in the limelight or several um, small ones. Washington has been shit for longest time, has also a worse win record than Toronto Defiance. But, famously, they at least have a playoff run that was kind of memorable. Had, mm -hmm. like, what was it? They in NA? Uh, they were top six in NA, I guess. Stage uh, four. They had a pop-off. Top ten. Didn't make playoffs, but, yeah. Yeah, so not that different from Toronto out, this year. Or to actually be memorable, you, you either have to be, like, so good or so shit. Yeah. And unfortunately, Defiant is so average that they're yes. just not either. Yes. <laughs> the only thing that they're memorable for is having like really, really strange Western signings that apparently are, like Yiska said, I'm not going to repeat it, but I, I can't even remember their 0 and 7 stages. Those were awful, but I don't remember them, dude. Like, I don't know. That, that organization just happens outside my. You know, you know cognition. what I'm saying? What? Is Overactive Media, the parent organization of the Defiant actually run super successful teams in other mm -hmm. esports. Yeah. You guys know Toronto, uh, Toronto Ultra? Toronto Ultra, so good in CDL. They, good? I think they okay. won the finals. They won a major. Yeah. Mega successful franchise team in the CDL. Mad Lions, like you said, Killer. easily the best European yeah. LEC team right now. Uh, won back-to-back -back this year. Just brilliant stuff. Overactive Media are killing it with Mad yeah. Lions and Toronto Ultra. And then Defiant is just like, you guys know that meme, the three-headed dragon, like two of them are fierce and one of them is just stupid? The yeah. client's like my stupid head. I don't know. At some Sadly. point, we're going to have to talk why that is. But that is another day. Like Right now, uh, we'll move on to NYXL, which are uh, also <laughs> doing their own uh, explosion where they kept Flora. Jonak is debatable in terms yeah. of what's happening there. He's apparently testing free agency, whatever that means. Uh, I don't know. I, this whole testing free agency thing is so weird to me. Are you a free agent or you're not? You, you, you are either a free agent or you are not a free agent. There's no magical in-between area like legally 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 speaking, speaking you're, you're yeah. one or the other you're literally one or the other so i don't know what's going on with jonak yet um but i if, assume that maybe it's a similar situation to funny astro where yeah. he's the you know uh he is a free agent but the excelsior probably will give him mm -hmm. a first contract. dibs if so he, i assume yeah. that jonak will be i assume jonak what it, what i'm actually saying is that jonak will 100 have a team next year either on another team that's not in new york yeah. or he'll go back to new york yeah totally deserves it too dude and a totally new coaching stuff i think 
Feather is an interesting one because a lot of teams wanted Feather uh, this season. Hey, you're you're picking him up in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, just a ton of teams wanted him and had had like feelers out, and then eventually, when it became clear that Enrixer was going to stay in Korea, I think that made the call for him. Also, mm -hmm. I'm not sure about salaries, but it's attractive. Um, like for sure, this is this is an interesting approach. Um, mm -hmm. And then. Flora and Jonak not being announced to be uh, dropped. That's that's sort of an indication that they're at least not going full uh, Korean. Uh, sorry, full, full Western. Um, but I don't know if it implies much more here. It's also a question to be had if they will even stay in APAC. Um, I personally don't think they will. So it's it's interesting for this franchise. I mean, and it's. I feel like everything the NYXL does is very well thought out. Unfortunately, rarely like comes to fruition to the to the sophistication of their plans. Like mm. we, we may remember like the tri-state. Um, yeah, XL two. I mean, stuff. it had decent. That was decent. Lines, that was a decent but... approach. Approach. The problem was that like it wasn't really sold uh, in the way it was. I remember was Mirror one of them as well. Um, uh, for what? I'd have to look. XL2, um, but there were a bunch of decent players on that team for sure in the end. Uh, NYX, like, I even like this team. This this sound, was pretty sound in terms of, like, the quality of rookies that they pucked up. Guangbong mm -hmm. and Feather Seems both. good on paper. And Flora yeah. all had great reputations. The fact that they could secure them was great. Um, I mean, Yakpong had a great uh, contender's year. Unfortunately, he had the same issues that he had on the find that he couldn't deliver the, to the de same degree. Oh, uh, that he did in Contenders. Um, Kalios, honestly, that was a great Huge pickup. pickup. Yeah. That's actually surprising that they ended up dropping him. Yanka, of course, retiring. Friday, I think it's hard to just have a Korean main Friday support. said he's retiring. Did he? Yeah. Friday said he's retiring as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I would have maybe tried Guangbong another year. Then again... I'm not sure, but that's the type of player that but, I think might do well in Overwatch shoot, just like mechanical beast. Yeah. Um, Makes but, sense. Yeah. But do you but do you look at this and say like the strategy that New York are going for here is the statement that I received from this in terms of mm -hmm. reading between the lines is if you're gonna drop GB and Feather, then that says to me that New York believe that they can either get somebody of equal value or higher yeah. as a free agent. Yeah. Because otherwise, you should just keep Guangbong and Feather, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm not that surprised by Yakpong Kalios. Did Kalios impress? But Bianca set a pretty low bar. That yeah. wasn't hard to hit. Yakpong, unfortunate. My guy's probably going to go back to contenders again and just absolutely pound. Uh, that's just his curse. He's mm. the best contenders player ever, but just can't do, can't do crap in Overwatch League for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Flora, great piece to keep. Jonak, he's your franchise player. Yeah. Uh, oh, I saw a value flex support super highly, so Jonak's your guy. I get that. Uh, it's the, it's Feather Guangbo that I'm a little bit more surprised about, but mm. yeah. that's yep. why I'm saying like maybe they believe they can get equal or better in the free in, in the FA pool. Sure. I think it would be kind of not only sad but a little costly in weird ways if they end up departing. Uh, or parting ways with Jonak. Um, I think 
he's probably like the is there a better like franchise player in the overwatch league right now like from the start this is our guy he's going to get all the media attention he's going to be the focal point he's the star space yeah not a bad show not a terrible show i i think that there's like a significant lack of those players who it's like this is who we Super. want okay sure but you you see what i'm saying though right like there's not too many there's not a ton of players that like are the guy mm. that's about it yeah carpe i think maybe start. His... he's the amazing yeah. he's the poster boy you know he's the captain he's yeah Mr. 300k from yeah. season one. I don't actually know how much he got paid, but yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> um, uh, is there anyone else? I don't know. Mind? Yeah, no, it's really just but, those guys. Uh, I I wouldn't hate it if Dronach ended up on a better team as well. I think this guy, I think this guy's got potential. That's kind of oh, weird. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. This, this four year veteran who's been in MV, yeah, I think he's got a potential. No, but um, he's I think he's still got room to go. I mm. he's he's not at all washed. Like he's one of those. Oh. Guys that's been here since season one that I think is still reasonable, very good. So, talk uh, about like a, a need at flex support. Too. You know, when we look at Overwatch 2, I think Jonah continuously shows that he's not just like the Zen guy, right? Like, he has other heroes oh, yeah. that maybe even arguably better, right? Like, he's he's got he's got a lot him, more to I show. Still put him below the shoes of the world currently. I'm sure, uh, yeah. is he top he, four? Maybe I think he just needs that BAP. I think if he had that BAP this year, he'd mm -hmm. be fucking better. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But, uh, but then again, I, I think APAC didn't really play a lot of BAP, so there wasn't a lot of chance to show it anyway, so it's, maybe that's not on him. Uh, the meta just wasn't there for APAC. But uh, yeah, I think the, the main thing is why I put these three teams together is it's a lot of wait and see, right? It's a lot of like, mm. well, they brought the rosters, we'll have to wait and see. There's some speculation you can make there. Mostly the speculation is like why they did that. Yeah. Um, and who they kept and why. But beyond that, no idea. Very difficult. Uh, okay, Yiska, you finally get to talk about Soul. Go on. Do your thing. I mean... I can't um, even remember what about Soul you wanted to talk about, but... The thing... One, one interesting aspect I want to talk about is also Boston, because there was some surprise there, but... <laughs> um, from Soul to Boston. <laughs> no, but... Uh, do we know anything from Soul? Other than, like, apparently they want to make some moves. Oh, wait, Toby's not even on Soul. What year am I living oh. in? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so assumption Sebi will be gone, very obvious. Yeah. Uh, two you gone, animal gone. Uh, yeah, yeah. animal might Creative. be one of those guys, by the way, where like on server so. and then probably good, like basically functionally good coach. This yep, this guy should be a fucking coach. I think animal yeah. should come back to coach. Yeah, well, from all I've heard, is like he's, he's a stable motherfucker who really knows his stuff, great IGL. Yeah, fantastic leader. Like this guy could be a coach. He sh he should yeah. do he should do Toby immediately. Yeah, uh, do the same thing. Yeah. So, would you keep keep profit and fits? Probably, right? Unless yeah. You can improve. Yeah. Unless you think you can do better. So you are either keeping them and adding a third, or you're dropping one and replacing them with another. But I think yeah. this is such a solid DPS duo. Yeah. I touch it i i would probably not touch it i would maybe add one and leave it at that yeah it's, it's like who it, avril you're you're probably the, the the premier person to talk to on this it's like well, outside of outside of proper it's like do you are you trying to throw a bag at him or are hmm. you are you trying to throw a bag at like the top prospects out of korean contenders or do you just 
not gamble and just re-sign the, the DPS duo that you know is good. You, you you throw a medium bag at profit. Why? Because you're the sole team and you get to keep your players in Korea and that's right. attractive. True. Um, True. What about um, Stalker? That, uh, I mean, you'd rather get profit than Stalker, but I think at minimum you can get a Stalker. Uh, the thing is, like, do you want... Can I be real? Like, I think there is some fan narrative on certain Korean players that I just don't necessarily agree with. And was like, oh, this player. I'm like, bro, I casted this player for like two mm. years. I don't, I don't know. I feel like watching different things here. Right. Um, and I think Stalker is great. And he had a second place in Gauntlet last year. Mm -hmm. But I can't blame him too hard because Overwatch is a team game. But Gen G shat the bed this year. They didn't make it back into Contenders uh -huh. Career Season 2. Yeah. Um, and their players just scattered to the forwards, except for Stalker. I don't even know what he's doing right now. He's just chilling on Gen G, mm. doing nothing. Uh, waiting for Overwatch 2, probably. But he was like, fantastic tracer player rest of it is reasonable has got some other um flex picks in there uh you know the genjis and stuff pretty okay. similar here Paul, in some ways to profit i think if you wanted to try and attempt to clone profit with a rookie that's not named proper stalker is <laughs> maybe a good shout okay so maybe if they go like real young like rookie roster maybe he's the centerpiece but like it's like why do you do that I don't even know if you replace Fitz. I still think you should start pro profits. Yeah. I think you should yeah. start with these again. I think right. if you get proper, you unfortunately Fitz is just perma benched. I think you play proper, profit proper. Say that Oof. three times fast. I do not uh, envy you. Um, profit proper. Um, it's the pro pro combo. Um, you would have like a gross DPS duo there, but Fitz would just be perma benched. I mm. think proper is the kind of guy that he will perma bench other players. Um, you need to make space from this guy. He's got a wide berth. You got to be. You got to get out of the way. Trust me. Get the get the fuck out of the way. This guy's, you know, like on a like on a on a road. You you move in a house or something. It's just wide vehicle approaching. Mm. Um, There's one elephant in the room about departures, though, right? What? Gesture. Uh, Mister Mister Rings. Because you're not wrong. I think I. Yeah. I probably would rather keep Marvel. <laughs> He's the one dude in the entire Overwatch League that's kind of proven to have played both off-tank yeah. and main-tank roles. And that was a meme for all of Overwatch 1's history, but now it's like a real, like, actually, that's kind of good for Overwatch 2. Yep. I I still am, am very, like, weirded out with their tank choices and, like, who they started and when. Um, That's a tangential point. But, yeah, it's like... You're not, stay. You're not ready for the Marv 2. Marv 2. He better change his name. That'd actually be fucking hilarious. Marv 2. Overwatch 3 comes out. Marv 3. That'd be funny. But um, I don't know. Gesture's a weird one. And, uh, it, it, gun to head. It's probably not worth it. It's probably time to see him go. It has a Tesla cannon beam rail gunshot now. Yeah, Think and Roadhog, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Jish is going to do, man. That's a weird one. I'd for love to see... For every single questionable main tank, they're in a lot of trouble next year. Yep. Yeah. He's got, he's got some upside, but it's like, does Soul want that? Probably not. Is there another team that wants it? I don't know. I really don't know. It is too early to tell. I don't think he's just like, put him on the Viking ship a la Miro, but... He's getting close, man. I it just isn't gonna cut it anymore.
the Winston is is all right. The ball's absent. Like, do we want to address some of these other like teams that are kind of in the middle of some stuff? Sure. Um, I actually some of them. attention to. I, I, I want to pivot to justice actually. Okay. That I'm going to pivot to justice because they have just let go of Hockery from the team. Tuba's gone. Closer's gone. Uh, and they've got Ty Dollar from the Gladiators to replace Hokery. And as far as we know, the rest of the roster is intact. Um, Mag Fury still there. Assassin Jerry Decay still there. Bebe still there. We don't know if there will be more departures. There could be. Mm. Right now, they have six players. Again, this is just this is what they're going to Overwatch two with. Because any time you have more than four players, you have to, the the question is like, well, is this is this just going to be your Overwatch roster? Yeah. You know, if you have the five six zone, then that's kind of it. You don't, if you want, you can sign one or two more players, but this is your core now. You've almost announced to the world that this is your core, unless you drop more people, which they still could do. Um, it's not a bad core. I feel like they trimmed where I was kind of concerned, right? Like, is there anybody mm -hmm. else that you guys, yeah, really? You were only concerned about just tuber and closer. Um, I, Jerry kind of <laughs> feels like dead weight, yeah, like were, were they. See, I, the thing about justice is I cannot I cannot accurately identify the symptoms for what is going on here. Sure, uh, yeah. Teams where I, I can look at the, the failures and be like, oh yeah, well this player was a bit average and that that wasn't good there and these are the reasons mm -hmm. why this for justice I'm 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 a GP that's about to send you to a specialist because I cannot identify what the what the illness is here. That's fair. That's fair. Um it's very difficult. That's why I'm like Really, is it? Is it was Tuber and Close the problem? What you get rid of those two and boom, it's a good rock. Do you think you're holding out for trades or potential buyouts? Obviously, the players that they have left, like they could probably you know fetch I you. I keep Decay Fury, maybe Mag, but I keep yeah. Decay Fury and I and I and I go, I probably play a bit of a risky game. Okay. Um, unless there's like something really good about Bebe behind the scenes in terms of intangibles. Maybe you keep it for that reason. Um, I'm a little underwhelmed by Jerry. I don't know if I like Assassin That's enough right. to keep him either. Uh, Assassin's a, a very okay player, but uh, it depends what the goal is. Your goal is the goal of your team to build a star-studded roster to take you to a to, to a championship. Um, partly, partially, when you look at Justice, you almost feel like they were because they had such a, yeah. a heavy lineup, but. If you if you are trying to build the championship roster, I think you have to bend De assassin. You have to get someone that can be a better duo for decay. Oh, uh, then you have Fury just go crazy on all the tanks for Watch Two. Hopefully, he's a good enough player to do that. I I, I should be able to trust Fury. Yeah. Um, and then you find some good ass supports. I don't know. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Yeah, I think it, it does come down to like what the vision is for the team. If you want to go for the win at the end of the season, then yeah, a lot more changes need to be made. And yeah, yeah I would tend to agree. They got Ty Dollar, but he's not a cheap coach. Sure. Ty Dollar, yeah. he was on Glads, he was on a, on a championship potential team. Mm. I don't know. I My speculation is that Justice do want to build a championship roster. I mean, if we're playing with that, then yeah, sure. we we well, gotta I keep cutting. Ty Dollar, unless you were trying to go for a championship roster again, has to be. 
Yeah. Is Ty Dolla your guy? Me. I don't know much about him. I've only heard good things. Um, uh, his track record looks good. Mm -hmm. He won on the Ultra Charge when they were good. Uh, he won with Gladiators this year. Um, mm -hmm. As far as I know, he's, he's, he could be your guy. You know who's, who's um, another guy like this that I, I would also like? It, okay. 200 of you guys watching right now are in some capacity in the Overwatch League. Don't you even deny it. And if you're a guy looking for a strategically-minded coach that mm -hmm. is super smart about it, Moby Dick is right there. Okay. Like, that's a True. coach that repeatedly, like, whenever I talk to people about his performance, be it on the Dota Defiance or uh, the Philly Fusion, and also, was he on O2 before? I think so, yeah. Um, like, I can't remember. Was big brain about the game. And that's probably a guy you want for um, Overshoe. By the way, I've never talked to the guy. I'm not even sure if he could communicate with me. It's just whatever people tell me about him. Uh, Liquipedia has him from NC Wolves to Foxes to NRG to O2 Blast to Toronto Defiant to Philadelphia Fusion and now on the market. Right. So, yeah. Quite a bit of a track record with some pretty pretty promising teams and obviously in the Overwatch League. So, yeah. Yeah. Shit, maybe. Good look. Do we want to talk a little bit more? Does anyone have any anything else about Justice? Do we, do we just go to Philly now? No, I think I think I've had my opinion changed. I would agree, but yeah, not too much about about justice. Yeah. By the way, um, appears Kalex was also released, right? Shocking. To no one's surprise, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think I think Ripper's next. Yeah. But uh, and he is, and there it is. Ripper's gone as well. So the support <laughs> line's gone. Yep. Uh, I I did say this was going to happen. I did say yeah. it was going to happen. So. There's a couple of the remaining teams that I think are very interesting are like these kind of middling teams. Not middle. When I say middling, I mean like the rosters currently are middling, where they've they've mm. cut four-ish kind of people left, right? And those are the teams like Philly, um, who else? Shock. Yep. Like, can we can we call them pinata teams where they just get like beaten by uh, the Overwatch Outlaws. two bat? Outlaws. Yep down to like four currently including coach jake so maybe that's three if you don't count that who knows um but let's go with a charger actually down to four as well so we can start going through some of these teams um but philly are down to alarm hopper rascal carpe and yeah. ikio has gone shockwave's gone mana has gone poker has gone bonnie asher has gone toby retires uh to coach which, by the way, with Moby Dick gone, I, I can see a world with Fusion. Like, Toby, you can just replace Moby Dick. I can see that world, first and mm. foremost. Um, so they got rid of all their Western players, if anything, which I don't know if you... Uh, where they smoke this fire, I don't know. Um, yeah. But Alarm, I think you keep Alarm 100%. That's Carpe, a franchise player. Yeah. That's, that's not Carpe anymore, by the way. It's not yeah. Carpe. It is yeah. not Carpe anymore. It's, it's Alarm. Actually, it's both. It's kind of both. Top yeah. A is still the face of the team. Sure. Alarm is the guy to pull. He's actually the guy doing the heavy lifting. But yes. Top A is still the face of your team. Yeah. If you you can't deny that. Yeah. Um. Do we expect them to keep holding on to Hopper, or do they go for another tank? Oh, you gotta go somebody. Mono is going for Mono retired. Like, they didn't let go of Mono. He retired for military service. Yeah. 
Mm. So they have only they did get rid of Pokemon, they've only got Hobbit left now. So they're either gonna bank on Hobbit being that guy for the Overwatch 2 tank role, or he will also get released and they're gonna look for a new person. Oh, I can see the comments now, man. But well, don't you remember in season one when Hyper played Tracer? He was good. He's flexible. You guys talk about flexibility. <laughs> oh, look at this guy having I a still, midlife crisis. I still, I still hear it comments. now. It's just like, yeah, but Hyper was good. Did you remember his bomb? He got the he bomb so, in the king's wall. He was, he was so good. Fusion dropped him. Um. Anyway. Um. I don't yes, know. Maybe get rid of. Up. He needs to go. He he was a bench warmer for Poco, who should have played. Visa issues kept him in France. Now you get a better tank coming in Overwatch too. You need a better tank. Philadelphia Fusion cannot start in 2022 Hoppa. with Hoppa. Fusion's another one of the. No, I lie. I was going to say Fusion's another one of those teams like Washington was hard to identify the problem. No, that's that's a complete lie. I I have commonly identified the problem was I was not super happy with the DPS line. I didn't yeah. mind the tank line. I did not think the tank line was star studded, mm. but I thought they were serviceable. And obviously, their supports were great. That was the best part about the team. I um, think I was the DPS line, generally speaking. To your credit, though, I think similarly, Philadelphia has a has a feel like the justice where it's like okay what do you guys want do you want to win the title then hobba goes if you're okay kind of like okay we'll wait and see we'll we'll make a play for 2023 okay fine. The money, if, right, right exactly so that's where it's like okay there's an obvious choice it feels like there's an obvious choice but what's obvious isn't always the case but i also did establish that sometimes Simply having the money doesn't necessarily get you the players you want. Hundred percent. I, I think I said this uh, previously, uh, but not on the show. I'll say it now on the show. But am I? I'm fucking crazy about saying this, but I think one of the best possible homes for proper is actually on Fusion, okay. because Fusion fucking need them. Mm. Um, Fusion can af- Fusion is one of the few teams that can afford to drop an actual bag on them, and I want to see a good player get a bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Proper might be able to stay in Korea with Fusion, assuming Fusion are doing a, a, a Korean roster, which it looks like they might be. Um, and what else? Um, and he would be a starter, and he would, he would bench any other DPS that currently exists on the team. I, because I've expressed this kind of DPS hole in the Fusion for a while. I'm not mm. singling out one player, by the way. I'm just saying the Carpe Rasko Eco Shockwave Etol yeah. combination of those four was not a good combination. And a lot of that, and it's funny, funny, I, I would rather have one proper than all four of those guys. Um, mm-hmm. And now you, you can get the one proper. You know, these, again, drop that Comcast money on him. He'll take it. Yep. He'll take this bag. He'll take this bag over the sold medium bag any time of the day of the week. Mm. Um, not that sold, they drop in a medium bag. I just put that out there into the ether for some reason previously because I was saying that, you know, Soul could rely on being where the Soul <sighs> franchise. Um mm. I, I like the idea of proper fusion a lot more than any other team, don't, personally. Don't hate it. Dude, proper profit sounds like... <laughs> sounds sexy as fuck, too, though. <sighs> yeah, and, yeah, okay, and proper leave sounds even better, but, you know, there's just... The, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, but how some does... Us, some of us are not going to have sex with twins. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> what, what, but how does Carpe proper sound? Not that sexy, to be honest. That dude's just benched, then. Less, right? yeah. No, there's maybe there's maybe there's other DPSs that could be online for fusion. Yeah, um, 
Are they keeping Rascal? No, so far, as far as we can tell. Uh, I don't know if you want to keep him long, long term. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Uh, I don't think. I don't know. It's not an afford in terms of monetary, but right, Fusion should get Yaki proper done. Send it. I don't oh, hate send that. it. I don't hate that. Oh, send it, dude. Yep. Yaki like proper alarm. Nah. That's, that's a allowed. great start. That's a great that's not start. I'm an instant Philly fan. Sign me up. Oh. <laughs> oh, I've given I've given the Philly fans far too much hopium here. And you know what? That's my favorite thing to do because inevitably <laughs> and I will be there to collect tears. You know, like you know, like you know, in, when you live out, you know, a little bit rural, not not super rural, just a little bit rural, mm. maybe on a farm. And you have that big like water collector for the rainwater. That's me with like fan tears. So I'm getting ready. <laughs> Drink them up. <sighs> now I have a crush on that idea. Jesus Christ. Who would be you the mean, tank? You're writing your Valentine. Oh, I... oh, I'm I'm like a romance novelist, you know. I okay, got, I got the okay. keep on the cover with long hair. Keep writing then and going for you. Okay, then don't J JRR Martin us. Like, tell us who would be. Don't die. Can, can we? Don't die before you got all, all your ideas out there. <laughs> who would be the second support and the main tank or the tank? But now, see, I'm just gonna get ridiculous. I'm like, oh, just get fearless, Lord. Like, I, I don't know. Like now, now I've just now I feel like I've just gotten permission to be as stupid as possible. Yeah. That's can so I can I me. shatter his heart? Can I just break it and go the complete opposite direction and write the worst book possible? Sure. They put Chongsik as ah, their starting on. main tank. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's a rude orgasm. Like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that, dude. And then they pick up Nuss as coach. It all comes together. It's all perfect. Nah. Um, I don't know. Maybe Fusion can Maybe fusion can explore the contender's uh, yeah. career lineup a little bit there. There's, there's some talent there for sure. I think Fusion can do a decent... Uh, mixture of veteran talent and rookie talent from contenders, and they are, they are in prime position. They have the money. They're in Korea. Korean uh, players want to stay in Korea. That's just the, that's just the truth. Is Muse um, good enough? Is Muse your guy? Maybe. Oh shit! Yeah. Are we moving into Gladiators conversation? Am I changing topics? Are we ready to? No, nah, I'm just saying. Like, could, yeah, could just Muse fit into the into the Philly lineup? I think so. But I'm an unabashed Muse fan. Muse. He's great. Alarm, Iris, Muse. Uh, I, you want Iris? <laughs> he's just Iris. he's writing that romance novel, yeah. Is Iris even available? <laughs> Not sure. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> My guy Aiden is available. He's really uh, he's true, really yeah. <laughs> He's ready to Somebody ball. sign Amma. Um, yeah, oh, no, God. I'm not hating that. Make it happen. Rustin, you know, you're watching this. Chop, chop. Listen up. Uh, I got a Tucker like, man. yo, my guy Tucker, I got, I got a great idea for next season. Let Hear me tell you. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the thing All is, right. like, we... We never really had the full banger, you know? 
Did we? Was it like a team have. where we... Uh, Shanghai is close, right? But yeah. Shanghai didn't feel like the, the full package. Yeah, I, I like all six pieces you know, of the no, starting lineup. Now they do, but at Inception, you're like, is Fake Tree that really that good? And like, you, you know, you have that voice in it. <laughs> is that or your like, Redditor voice? Is Yaki, how good is he really as a flex supporting? <laughs> You know, you have that the little Valiant voice. never started him. How is he going to be good if the Valiant never played him? Yeah, yeah you, you know, at, at conception of the lineup, you didn't think it was like a super duper team. Izayaki uh, just ex ascended to start him I now. mean, if you had to bully one person and you had to, like, really pick a flaw, sure, I guess. But outside of that, you have to... Again, crack out the yoga mat. Go into like downward dog to find a, a flaw with this roster. You had to stretch. Can Lichigo really play anything else? I'm not sure. Everyone first sold on the Lichigo to feed Lichigo like narrative because of one bad yep. map on Oasis that uh, from Super Stream that that became his entire identity, and people mm -hmm. then somehow were so surprised that this guy was actually fucking cracked. And yeah. he wasn't just feeding every single map. Like, like guys, people are allowed to have one bad map. That doesn't define their entire, like, play yeah. identity. Um, okay. We're, we're actually going to move on from Fusion now because it's getting a little silly. Um, Glad's. We have Shoe Skewed. I'm big on Glad's current yeah, roster. Keep it. Shoe Skewed, Moth Space. Yeah, and Bird Ring is not up. Uh, up. No, bad. Oh, yeah, okay. That's not a, uh, officially... Like, right. question mark, we don't know. We don't. There's rumors. Right. We don't know what's actually yeah, true. Bergering's a question mark. Shoes. Maybe they keep all three supports. I wouldn't be mad, but I 100 percent keep yeah. shooting. Yep. Um. As far as I'm, as far as I can tell, they are committing hard to space Kevster as well, which I love. Um. Kevster is like I previously mentioned. He's your queen chess piece. That guy's right there. Um. Space is one of those. An another example of a team opting to go for an off tank that you keep rather than keeping a main tank i know it's sad that they got rid of muse but if we're looking at building a roster that is going to be a little bit more focused you if you keep muse likely muse is the bench player for space space is your number one option anyway um i think they just i think gladys just tore that band-aid off and said fuck it space is our guy we're just going to do it um mm. mirror gone i think I like Chris a lot. I like Mirror, but I, I think the, the roster. I think there's a chance Gladiators could either get an upgrade here, an equal upgrades, another one is like you know, at, at minimum equal, if not upgrade. If they, otherwise, if Birdring ends up staying, Birdring Kevs is still an incredible duo. If this was their five or six, if Birdring Kevs the Space Moth Skewed Shoe was legitimately their six man roster going to Overwatch Two, I don't hate this. I, I think this yeah. is a great roster. Yeah, not bad, dude. Not bad at all. I am thinking though, Mirror should should be pretty high demand, right? Because I'm thinking about Mirror. Like I'm thinking oh. about the domino effect of Western Flex DPS this offseason. Yeah. And there's there's at least like four or five people he should have been ahead of this year if had he been available. I'm not sure how mm. much uh it is going to retire ahead of him or how much um like is going to come up from contenders, so it's hard to evaluate. But I would be shocked if Mirrod wasn't going to find a spot in the Overwatch like next year. Yep. 
with how many teams have either said publicly or are reported to be going Western and maybe even more than that. Um, yeah, I would agree. Bear probably is on a team. It's just like, is this some, is this like a mirror to London kind of thing? You know what? Like, I don't disagree. He probably finds a team. What is the quality of that team? Uh, like, I mean, pack, like, Sounds like a mirror to Paris and mirror to London kind of yeah. deal. Or mayhem. Yeah. If that if the rumors over Western Ross are true, mayhem maybe, right? Even though they would probably more look at the okay. Wub, maybe. More likely. By the <laughs> way, this is me like tea leaf reading, but um yeah, that's like <sighs> I don't know. I think Mirror still has probably a couple of slots especially couple with of... for instance can i yeah yep can i suggest mirror dante don't hate Ooh. it don't hate, don't it. hate it do you do you would you be okay with like a third for like just specific hit scans well that's what happy's there for okay yeah i'm very big on that i, I love that like i say man i'm just i'm a fucking goated romance novelist right now i'm just <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, like, I'm printing this shit off right off the shelves. Yeah, I do not. No, that's that. a good. Mirror is a weird one. Mirror, like you, you do not find players that have the same hero. Like he is a unicorn of a hero pool. Yeah, like you, there are not many. There, I don't think there is anybody that can really. Well, okay, there is, but and he's so explosive, like, dude. Like he's like, he's, he's like Western Sparkle. Not, not of course. Like kind of, you know. Kinda, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? I'm not saying he's mm -hmm. as good at Sparkle, yeah. but like, and he doesn't have a tracer yet, but yeah. Got like a weird hero pool, and that, that weird hero pool Sparkle is just kind of written the blueprint for, like, yeah. here's how you play my weird hero pool. Yeah. And if you know, maybe other people can do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. I'd, I'd look at this guy for sure uh, coming in. I think there's even a possibility. Okay, this is, might be super weird. But there's even a possibility where some DPS players would pick up some tank choices. Mm. <gasps> yeah, and he's got the Zarya. He actually has tanks. Yeah. Right, Mirror's actually hardcore flexible. I just remembered he also plays tanks. Yep. Holy shit, this I and I I think I think I've already said this. I'm pretty sure I said this already. But when we were talking about like theory crafting for how you should build a, a team as a GM. I also I did say that I think you know you may want I would probably build three DPS one tank two supports right with a six man roster and maybe my third DPS could also flex a tank I did say that yeah uh, and mirror would be your guy to do that if, yeah. if you were gonna go in that direction yeah for sure no I think I think it's also <sighs> I'm 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 a little scared for mirror as regular starter always. But I think it's he's he's shown enough quality as a joker to co demand like a starting position over the entire season. I would love to. For anyone that thought you just said he was a joker, but yeah, yeah, yes, uh, like a joker pick, he's, someone that comes he's in. A bit of a, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a wild card pick. He's a bit of a Swiss yeah. Army knife in a way where he's a perfect player to fill very unique and specific holes in your in your hero pool. Yeah, for your starting roster. Unfortunately, someone like him kind of gets relegated to substitutions and benches a lot but he's like if you were going to pick a bench play i think mirror is your perfect bench play because he can just fill these random holes yep. that a lot of teams could have and that just rounds out your team perfectly 
uh, as far I'm sure he would love to be a starter, but his unique hero pull and flexibility just kind of fills that position to me. Um, the only other thing for Gladius is Muse, but I think Muse is just a victim. He's he's collateral damage of main tanks being cut from rosters yeah. and teams deciding to stick with off tanks instead. That's what I think for sure. Yep. Pretty much. I think he probably can fit within some of the teams that have a little bit wider budget that want to kind of build out a tank stable. I think he would be a great pickup. Um, probably isn't going to start 90% of the time. But I think that's just the bullet that tanks are going to eventually have to either overcome or be shot by. Um, mm -hmm. Where like, yeah, you can be the sometime star, but as like Yeske said at the start of the show, we get more talent that are kind of born within Overwatch 2's life cycle. They're going to be asked to play everything. They're going to have to play everything to kind of rise the ranks. Those those people are going to kind of get, you know, scooped cream of the crop style and slapped on some of these teams moving into the future. So it's it's kind of yeah. not not easy streets for, you know, people like Muse, people like maybe like a gesture that, you know, don't have the flexible hero ocean that you kind of need for this role. Let's uh, move through quickly. There's just a few more teams I think would be really nice to touch up on. Already kind of teased, but Outlaws. Um, mm. They've kept four players, Dante, Happy, Piggy, Jake. Uh, and as I said, another example of a team that's been their main tanks in preference to keeping their off tanks are both Dreamer and Django are out. Um, Dante is a hundred percent a guaranteed stay. If if I if I land on one player on this team, I land Dante hundred percent of the time. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not hundred percent on Jake just yet. But then again, I did say that a nine head way to play Overwatch two would be to keep a coach and who is also a player at the same time for that kind of extra value. That's rare and difficult to find. So maybe that's a good reason for them to keep Jake. And I pre I can see that and I can uh, agree with it. I'm a little surprised they got rid of Crimson. Maybe they feel like they can get a, they can get a maybe they're looking for a Korean flex support. I but I think Crimson is the number one pick for a Western flex support. So yeah. I don't know. This this kind of if we're gonna read between the lines, I think this kind of echoes a lot of the my similar criticisms for this team for a while. Is it just doesn't have like an identity? Like if there was a team that I think like had the right idea, but was like split too many different ways and tried to be like optimal about things. It felt like Houston, like Houston had, has the right like looks to actually be a good team, but it so never seems problem? say that again. So the coaching problem or I don't know. Problem? I that's, 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 I'm, I'm going your route. I'm, I'm a GP. I'm going, I'm sending Houston to a specialist. I don't know what's wrong with this team. This is, this is a bizarre one. Because it I, sounds like a coaching problem. Like, if you don't have a, an identity, that sounds like your coaches haven't, like, figured out what the team's identity is. Right? I don't, I don't blame the team for that. I blame... No, of I'm course. probably more likely to blame the coaching staff for that. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not... He's he, hmm. I'm actually kind of surprised how many... Like, I didn't think they would let Crimson FA this. Um, that's that's the surprising part. I, I don't, like case of retiring, pretty much. Uh, 
Tatooine says they want to get a Korean flex support. That's the only yeah. reason. I don't think you're going to fetch. I like. I don't know enough about contenders. Research is still ongoing. Space for Gangnam Jin. That's what's happening. Twilight. <laughs> or Twilight. Yeah. Or Myeongbong. Yeah, I don't hate that. Definitely don't hate that. There's but... a bunch of heavy hitters on the market uh, right now as well. It just seems like they're so, like... How to put this? Like, they have such good pieces to just go fully Western. Just say, you know what? Let's just go fully Western. Let's just ad adopt that pick out of that pool. We have Dante. We have Crimzo. Yeah. Like, they have a good start. Yes, it's two people out of five. I get it. But those are some good, those are two great you know, starting points. Yeah. I don't know. You need Kai. I think you need, I think if you want to build like a, like a real God squad, yeah. squad, you need to like merge Houston and Atlanta together. You know? Yeah. yeah. You need Kai and Hawk, I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that. Or, or, or space or get space. I don't know. You need, sure, you, I mean. you need someone like that. You need like a Kevster. If you had Dante, Kevster, Space, Crimzo, one more. Who else? Dante, Kevster, Space, Crimzo. Wiston. Khan? No, maybe not. I'm not too sure. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Khan? Mm -hmm. Maybe Ultraviolet? Yeah. Maybe give a rookie a go? There you go. Yeah? Am I, am I selling that romance novel yet? Is this one a, is this one a, a New York best... Bestseller or what? New York Times bestseller? What are we going? I would say so. I'd buy it. I'm buying it. that book. Are you reading this in the bathtub with your with the hair and the, the candles the and the, the chocolates? Yeah. You, I, are we there? The, the problem is tell me a full Western lineup that ever did anything impressive in the Overwatch League. Oh, shit. You said Overwatch League was like shit. Zero rosters. Am I allowed to cheat and say that or no? <laughs> yeah, we're <gasps> nah, that that shit doesn't count. Okay. Yeah, so I mean there haven't been too many that have been like well built though. <laughs> the beat Korea guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there haven't been many where we where we menu have have been very built well. Hey, listen, though. voices. All right, you let me handle the voices. You just give me the paperwork. All right. Yeah. Um. So here's what I think. I think Crimson 100% finds a team. I'm yeah. not exactly sure about Dreamer Jangu. I'm, I don't think... I'm not too sure about Juby. Unless Juby wants to land on Vancouver Titans, I'm not too sure about Juby. Um, I don't know if they keep Happy Piggy and Jake. I think Dante's a lock, but I'm still 50-50 on Happy Piggy and Jake. I don't yeah, know. Unless you're, unless you're cool with doing the rotation thing. I think Pig, uh, do we trust Piggy as the solo tank? I like uh, the Sigma. That's what everyone says, but then like it stops after that. Yep. I don't know why you'd be holding on to him otherwise. I don't know if you're going to be fetching trade bait. Like, nah, I don't know. <sighs> it's a weird trade one. Bait, trade bait kind of means that you believe that he'd be hot property. Oh, wait, for right? A, yeah. Uh, I just also, don't see it. London Spitfire just got rid of Fisher, the head coach. So yep. that's another London Spitfire. Um, 
I'm gonna move us on because we got we got we got a couple more. Uh, we haven't talked about Shock yet, which is a big one. Mm-hmm. Shock have so far kept that that we can we know they've so far kept Nero, Tyro, Super Choi, Violet, FD God, and they've uh, removed Twilight, Smurf, Callista, Arms. When I say removed, I mean like free agency status yes. has been somewhat announced. I'm gonna just so, I'm gonna just say yeah. this. If you keep Tayo for another season, he has to become your team mascot. That's a rule. <laughs> you gotta, you, you gotta make him like you gotta get costumes of him made, mm. and like you gotta put him into the Tayo costume. It do, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> has this played in official yet? One, right? Like one app. Yeah. 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 Yes. You played so much, right? Yeah. He played this year, and didn't he play? did he play last year? Did he play when they needed the Genji? Or Genji played a little bit of Genji, yeah. yeah. And then, and yeah. then Super replaced him. I still, I that that will always be like the what the fuck <laughs> moment of the Overwatch League that I can't get over. Yeah. Um. So Nero is not a lock, by the way, because he did say that he was con- heavily considering retirement. Um, True. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there is that. Um. Super may not be a lock because there's always been rumors surrounding what Super wants to do. Yeah. Even though his, his, his communication with Smurf sort of sounded like they both like, or he decided for himself he's going to return and then Smurf hopefully is also there. He's like, see you next year, right? See you next year, right? That type, type of stuff um, mm-hmm. on the stream. Now, I, mean, I don't want to read into that too hard, but yeah. 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 I'll give it up. To be fair, also, like, let's be honest, on a one t- tank team, if consider like if you think Choi is sticking around, there's not enough space for Super and Smurf, dude. Nope. There might not be enough space for both Super and Choi. Smurf to Philly. <clears throat> That's actually kind of hot. Don't hate that. <sighs> Don't hate that at all. I'm doing. I'm the editor on your romance novel. I'm. I'm letting Smurf, adding little suggestions. Smurf and Twilight. Smurf and Twilight to Philly. Oh. Oh. Ah, you got me hot and bothered. <laughs> oh god. Holy there shit. Go. If we do that, then I demand like a double flex meta. I need to see Alarm and Twilight starting oh, for I'm 90% of the season. This is fucked up. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean... Would you be able to stand up right now? I could probably <laughs> not. I couldn't probably not. <laughs> <sighs> promo code oh, tacticalcrouchmanscape.com. <laughs> Just saying. Promo code tacticalcrouch. 20% off. Free shipping. All that good stuff. Oh, it's too good. Proper Yaki Smurf Alarm Twilight. Oh, fuck. I think I just came. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Rostin. Rostin, please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like, other stuff like proper to Dallas is already pretty hot, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rip Doha, you had a good run. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can keep Sparkle company, that's fine. Yeah, Doha will be there for mental support. I promise you, this is the thing that people need to understand. Whatever team proper lands on, he's going to bench where the fuck was there before him. <laughs> mm. If there's anybody there to bench. I, I fucking love players like that. You know, like, basically where it's unarguable that this kid will hit the 
uh, hit the Overwatch League and is very likely going to be the best player in the world, like almost immediately. <laughs> it, yeah. Unless it's lip or leave, like. People thought yeah. I was big on leave this year, and I'm Josh Charles. Me, I'm big on leave, but there's a Korean prodigy who's not even 18 yet, who's who's literally, but in Korea, he's coming. He's coming for everybody's positions. It's crazy. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. Shock are in an interesting space because I I super still in flux. I don't know. I don't know what what his situation is, and I I'm. I still think, look, I think Shock are a team that can afford and will want to keep both Super and Choi. You want to mm. keep Super for the, the brand and yeah. PR, yeah. if nothing else, even if he doesn't play. Um, but I think with most teams, you are far more likely to bank on your off-tank being your guy, so Choi's maybe their guy. Yeah. Violet's their guy. Let's be real. I think the two franchise players right now that Shock will be sticking by 100% of starters are Violet and Choi, yep. number one and number two. I, well, whatever or what I don't actually know. Um, FD God, unknown. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Is there a roster you want to just slot him in? I think the obvious is Paris, but it's like I like Dredro a lot. I think FD could stay, but you are banking on like not only a yeah. main support meta, a Lucio one for Overwatch mm. Two. That's a lot. That's a lot to risk, man. I I'm not comfortable signing a guy that's mostly there for lucio when i don't even think main support's going to be important let alone lucio yep agreed that's a tough one that is a tough one he's i think i want ons back no that's not crazy at all i, I think i think they have to be very particular with how they use him i think he, him and super probably feel like great bench players and i know that's going to come off with like the wrong connotation but I think it's very clear that, like, from the way that Super, Super has communicated, like, he's coming towards the end of his career. He kind of wants to, like, chill out a little bit, maybe not necessarily take practice less seriously, but, you know, he wants to ease off the gas. He, maybe maybe chasing a championship isn't in the cards anymore. He just doesn't have that kind of stuff. Obviously, still King can compete. Obviously, did so this year. But maybe maybe playing a lot of the main tanks that have been very you know, prominent without Overwatch's life cycle, sitting on the back burner, filling in where Choi kind of can't necessarily, you know, improve as quickly makes uh, a lot of sense. I think Ans can be that kind of player. I will say that to be a competitor at this level, especially someone with two chips, you are never comfortable with just being like someone that just drags it while everyone's working hard. And so maybe that maybe that lights a fire under him and he comes back even stronger. Like as a pro, he'll actually give it his all in scrim and all do all that kind of stuff. Uh, the reason why I want Ars back is because I think Hitscan could be good in Overwatch 2 with one less tank and one less shield, and what, sure. what shield there is is lower as well. Mm. Um, I think Hitscan can pop the fuck off. I think Hitscan can have... Uh, you can have a really good Hitscan meta because of that, yep. and uh, you unleash Ars back onto like a heavy Hitscan meta, oh, that is a that is a recipe for a big W. Yep. Agreed. And even if it's not, it's like... I think it would do good for not good for him. Obviously, I don't know what his, you know, why or, you know, what's going on behind the scenes regarding him. But I think not having, again, that that foot on the gas is 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 going to be very healthy for a lot of players, whether they like it or not. I don't think that just pedal to the metal is where some of these players need to be. Maybe Anz is that player. I don't know. 
could could fit uh, in a rotation. I'll say that. Arns is, I've just seen Arns, as we all have, his potential. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Here. And, like, if he does anything like that again, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's over. Like, that. that's fucked up. Like, you get a Watermaker that just instantly deletes people, it's done. Yep. Um, so if that version of Arns ever comes back, it's the, the other teams have no chance. Uh, yeah, I thought I, I think Shock have some decent pieces. I think Violet's oh, sure. a really great piece for next year because he can play so much. He's played main support, like support. My guy dropped in a little bit of EPS as well. Uh, leadership figure on the team. Yeah, and you know, still in contention to be one of the is as a goat player, one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, and I think Violet's sure. still got to be that player for Overwatch 2 as well so I'm I'm really happy about Violet Choi as a, as a strong baseline and then you add Super and maybe Arns into that and see how it goes um, maybe you retain Twilight Smurf is probably gone let's be real if they're yeah. keeping Choi Super Smurf is it's just not going to be there um, still finds that, a home though 100% I think you will that's going to be that now with a very limited time, there's only a couple more teams that are worth talking about. The reason I say that is because there's a lot of teams that have just retained pretty much the whole rosters. I don't know mm. how interesting that is. Um, maybe I'll just do it like a real tiny bit, like a couple minutes at the end for that. But the only other teams that are super interesting in terms of their roster uh, are the two Joe teams, Charge and Spark, mm. and then Box, and that's it. So maybe we just cap it off with that. We just we cap it off with the double Joes, uh, with Joe in 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 our podcast as well. So the triple Joes, and then the Boston Uprising. So as far as the Joe teams go, um, Joe kick us off. We got Spark with Shy Gushui, Architect, Bernard Liga, and Charge with Eileen, Choi, Rio, and Krong. Different choice, choice of Juan. Where Simon Sue's gone, probably not the biggest surprise. Coldest, yeah. IDK, Mika are gone. Now, if you are Spark and you are going for a Chinese roster, it is weird that you bend your two Chinese supports unless yeah. you believe there are better Chinese supports coming up in containers that you can replace them with. Yeah, that is a little bizarre. Kind of, it's strange that they kept him or specifically like Coldest for so long and really never activated him, I guess is the way that I'd put it um the pieces they've kept make a lot of sense um i think bernard and liga are great i think if i had to guess i think liga is probably going to move teams speculative of course i think there's really? one fully chinese team that could uh use his uh, services quite heavily oh um that being the chengdu hunters i'd love to just see him move over i think that trade's great or not trade but move um and yeah, the rest of it is a good base. Is a good base to kind of build from. Joe, that is only if Hungjo Spark will allow that to happen. They sure. On that contract, yes. And will they give Liga away to Hungju? I'm gonna say probably not. So yeah, competitively sounds, minded, like, probably not. All that sounds like a great fantasy. I just don't think Spark will let go of that contract to yeah. one of their rivals. Uh, when when Liga could be one of the good pieces of their team, mm-hmm. especially if they want to go full Chinese. Which so, does mean that Burner and Architect are probably gone if if Spark are going full Chinese. That's that's the good thing about the the direction they've gone. Uh, they have a lot of you know talk about optionality. Like they have a lot of different plays they could make. They could go fully Chinese. They could go fully Korean. They could do a lot of different things. Sure. Um, and and hopefully it's not a huge roster. Hopefully it has some direction to it, and we can finally see Spark kind of back and and form because last season was not it. 
That's for damn sure. I think you build around Shy. I think Shy's your your Shy? guy for Overwatch too. I think he's proven that he can be an ultra hard carry. Mm -hmm. If I was going to build around one player, that's that's one hundred percent the guy. Yeah. Charge, Rio Krong, Eileen choice of This is the weird one. I almost want to just see Eileen being saved and, and put him on yeah. either Hangzhou or Chengdu. But then again, if you're the charge, I don't know what his contract status is. Um, but he's not a free agent as far as we know. So charge might have him for another year. I don't know. I don't mind the Eileen Choi duo. I think that's a strong DPS duo to start from. Mm -hmm. Krong is, is Krong. So by the way, they have no supports, but they do have Krong and Rio. Do they want, maybe they just want to keep both tanks. Maybe that's smart. I don't know. Is Krong a good enough player to build around in the same fashion as like a choice of Juan? I would say so. It's so hard. Or uh, who else? Or space, you know? Yeah, I I liked what he showed us before. I think that Krong with like the rotation of like Rio's kind of hero pool is again, it's fine. It's not going to win you anything, but that's where it's like, what are the intentions with this roster? Are you trying to win? Or are you trying to like rebuild for the future? Um, this to me, if they continue with this moving forward into some of these deadlines coming into January, this to me feels like a building for the future. Let's try to find the right core and then use that to try and make a play for a championship at a later date, which I don't hate. But it, it's tough to discern from the decisions that they've made in the past. I'll, I'll put it that way. Does this feel like a budget team? Budget? No. I wouldn't say budget. Oh, they have a very small roster. Well, yes, right now. But I don't know that. Beforehand as well. Uh... Yeah, they had a small roster. Well, they had eight people. Okay, is that small? It, it is and it isn't. It feels like it's just average. It's just like that's just the norm. Okay, but fine. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, fine. Yeah, it's just, maybe it's about average. Obviously, like, know. Kaylee never really saw too much play. That's oh, it did. Yeah, I would agree with that. It got smaller because Kaylee, Kaylee was gone and Jihoon yes. never played. So it felt like they only had six people. That's Correct. why I'm saying it's more also. Yes. It literally felt like they had zero substitutes available. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I think Limited is very much upcharged alley where they... I mean, even in the past, like... You have a lot of like decent players, obviously having Nero in the past. They just happy <sighs> into yeah, it. yeah, Chu, for in particular, like it's they seem to be a pinata team. Like they 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 scout them and then they don't keep them. Is there any opinion on the Joes? All any all three of them? Any of the three? Hmm. I think it wouldn't surprise me if both of those teams were part of the Rosa Billing scheme shift. Let's say that. Um, I think Wang Zhao, like, as per Eddie, I think they've realized that it's probably hard to compete without spending. Um, not sure if that logic that sounds like in... Sounds like something that should be pretty obvious, but anyway. Yeah, I think they they looked at Okay, so I'm not throwing anyone under the bus here, but like 
I made that uh, that comment as well, that uh, spending pretty closely tracked correlatively where teams landed, with notable exceptions. Um, I think the Overwatch League gave scorecards in terms of spending to the teams, and the Spark concluded based on that that uh, it wasn't actually the case, that you could make uh, effective choices. Problem with the stat cards, as, as I got to look at them and evaluate them, mm. they don't tell the full story in terms of like what kind of metrics are encompassing by them. So, um, like for instance, jo Justice weren't the top paying roster, right? That doesn't mean they're sure. not the top spending, for instance. Not saying mm. that's true, but if you're, if you're spending in terms of the facility you're in and whatever, like that needs to be yeah. factored into the situation, right? Mm. Um, now, I think um, it's going to be interesting uh, what what the charge are doing in terms of uh, like their their uh, direction? I think their most effective season was season one, uh, season two. Sorry, uh, I think right. Their season one, yeah, yes, their debut. Uh, and then they won a stage in season three, I suppose. So yeah, but with um, hybridized rosters, so to speak. Hybridized. I'm not sure if that's a word. I'm not sure if that's a word. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think they have a sick setup in mm -hmm. uh, for the for their team house. Um, this is this is a team that should be playing um towards the top spots. I think with the talent they had on this roster, I think they could have expected a better result. To be honest, I could have, like, as we stipulated before, like, Karif is a player that's super, like, um, polarizing in, the, in terms of the opinions that he attracts. I, like, in my mind, Karif, Mandu, like, I, I didn't understand why that deck line didn't attract way bigger uh, controversy criticism. or criticism yeah. than the Washington back line. Um, mm -hmm. I think in hindsight, I'm also validated in that point. I think they were actually worse. Um, yeah, I think step one is hiring a sick backline. Yeah. I think you can build a one-round choice one easily. I think Eileen is salvageable for sure. You'd probably need a third banger DPS in there. And the tank choice is so hard. I'm not sure. Like, Krong, honestly, like, has Krong ever looked great on anything but Sigma? His diva is actually pretty pretty pog. He's known to be like has a very high ultimate eating rate from his matrix. Okay. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't know yeah. how highly I rate everything else. Mm. But yeah. I actually think his diva is good. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's enough if you want to be a top team in the Overwatch League competing against the Shanghai Dragons supposedly next year. Sure. Yeah. Like. Well, are you trying that's... to beat the Shanghai Dragons? Because you better be ready to spend way more than you're yeah. currently spending to do that. I don't think that's a fair comparison. I think Charge are not trying to beat the Dragon Dragons next year. If anything, they would love to just get one over their regional rival Spark, mm. mm -hmm. and that would be like that would be a good start. Like fucking do that. Yeah, if you're trying to win, if you're trying to win the league with the roster that they have right now, 
I don't know if delusional is the word that I would use. Yeah, but, I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying that needs to happen, right? Like no, but but, but I think they're not that's even another close to second place with this. Exactly, that's oh. what I'm saying. Like if that's the goal, then you're not messaging that with the way that you're building the roster, and you don't have a ton of time to do that. So like either you're lying to yourself, team. or I would agree. They're not going for a championship team. Uh, here's something you guys just all forgot about, by the way. Some of the biggest problems for both teams was the coaching staff, being that they just didn't have any. Yeah. Yes. Like both teams just chips in their yeah, coaching yeah, yeah. staff over the course of the entire year. That caused major issues. I watched the Guangzhou Charge documentary today. It's a 30 something minute video, 34 minute video on Charge YouTube. I heavily implore anyone who hasn't seen it to go and watch it. It's a bit of a sad watch. So, you know, get some, uh, get some tissues out for the tears if you're inclined to be emotional. Um, because it does go into detail about how hard it was from the perspective of getting the team on the same page as a mixed roster. And yes, mm. you'll say that other mixed rosters have done a good job, but they're, I don't know, not all cut from the same cloth, apparently. Um, but they had major issues with the coaching staff and, you know, various interviews and various um, insights from both the eventual coaches of the charge that took over, Extra, who came in midway through, who tried his best, uh, and then Sung Wu, who came in quite late, tried his best. But it's just too little, too late, and they, they yeah. just and they only had one coach at a time. And there were some very specific quotes in there, like extra saying, "Like, yeah, I would love to have some help here, but it's just me." And outside of eating and sleeping, all I do is focus on coaching this team. And it still wasn't enough. He's just one guy, and there's only one guy who can do so much here when your team is that far behind. Um, and then Spark, obviously, you know, had you on since after that. They just had a revolving door of people. U4 mm -hmm. is the only one that's still there, and I don't even want to get into U4. They got rid of him, thank God. Um, so I don't know. Both teams had had those issues. I think those were heavy issues for the teams. So we oh, need to sure. talk about that. I agree. Um, not too much else though on that. Uh, final team I really want to get into before we kind of end things as we have a, another just gigantic episode is the Boston Uprising. Um, where they've only kept Valentine, Punk, and Faith. Uh, so Color Hex, I'm 37, Fusion, Stan, Wong, Gable, Shi, Myung, Bong, and Gone, Fusion's retiring. Mm. Um, a couple things. One, another team that's just opted for an off-tank, but they've they kept yeah. Punk over Gable, Shi, which should tell you a lot yes. about um, how things were actually going with the team and who they valued and who was actually performing well. Yep. Um slight slight you know oce bias and he says yes go punk let's go baby um but at the same time is like i think he's actually a massively underrated player probably one of the most underrated players this entire year um keeping faith over meowball a little bit interesting for me um valentine i think is a player that you could probably build around is mm. he a little bit middling he's kind of like a hisu but dude if toronto are building around hisu i think boston can build around valentine it is boston after all and boston yeah. are going to have some limitations with budget and whatnot so we'll see yeah i mean i would agree i think that punk made a significant impact on the team uh was it last year that he came in or the year before i think it was last year 2020 it um, was correct noticeably different that you saw a, a big uptick in boston uprising um i think primarily from his sigma um in this season he's been an absolute stud on a number of heroes um yeah, I think he deserves to be the focal point in this team and can be. Um, we'll see how the rest of it goes, if that makes sense. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think that he's another one of those those players that I'm like, 
I have a a pretty big bias towards like single language rosters, if I'm going to be completely honest. So I would love to see Punk just in a Western roster. Not too dissimilar to how I feel about like Houston, let's say. Um, kind of leading the charge for that team, being not a superstar, but you know, can somebody I, who can be a superstar. Can I say on the right team, and maybe Boston next year could be the right team, but on the right team, Punk can have the same renaissance as Hawk. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I th- I would say big, I would say better. I would say much better. Hmm. Hawk is pretty good, dude. Don't disagree. I think Punk can. He became really good, but he, yeah. you'd have to remember how low he was on people's lists. Yeah. yeah, sure. But I think it's really hard to be better than Hawk was this season for Punk. I'm not saying Punk could be better. I'm just saying Punk could follow in the footsteps and follow that kind of yes. blueprint. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, just because Joe's saying like significantly better, I think that's very hard. You pr- probably almost yeah. need to be the best tank in the Overwatch League then. Fair. Maybe not significantly, but I think like being slightly above, if not at least equal, I mm-hmm. think is is very feasible. Yeah, no, the the guy clearly has talent. Like if you yeah. if you bench Ge- Geboshi, um, who was overhyped but still was a good prospect, then you're yeah. good. Um I think from from the information I always got like or no, let's actually is Oh my god, it sounds like I'm getting like this insider information when that's actually not really true. Like the way it ha- has okay. been communicated. I did an interview with Baroy and he mentioned in that one that mm. like the players pretty much talking positively about every single one of those players that remains and additionally also Myambang, which is by the way for me the surprising part. Um but like I'm 37, had a renaissance this season. Uh, even though, of course, he's he's out now. Uh, Val- Valentine is was their star player for for the most part. Punk is great, and they have like very positive impressions of Faith. Not, not only like what he brings on yeah. the server, but also what um, this guy provides behind the scenes. So, makes perfect sense if they were to keep him. So yeah, Boston's rebuild again will be interesting. I it's very interesting to see who they have focused on as a core. Um, and the fact that by the way, Punk didn't just beat out Gables; he also beat out Stan One. So yes, Fusion retired, but I'm I'm pretty sure Punk would have beaten out Fusions even if he didn't retire. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you can you can pretty much say that Punk in the in the in the tank battle royale on his own team, he, he's he's. He's got that chicken dinner, you know. Yeah. Um, but will be interesting to see if maybe they can get Myongbong back or whether they're looking for other options. I would have thought that Myongbong would have been a, a potential lock. Yeah. Maybe Myongbong. Maybe Myongbong doesn't want to stay. Maybe he's. Maybe he thinks he can get a better team, and maybe he could. Who knows? I mean, I I rate flex supports really highly in the next uh, game, so Myongbong could be a hot ticket. Um, that's about it. The only thing left to do is just the, is the real passing, glancing look. <laughs> extremely tiny at every other team the reason why we didn't go into details here for the other teams is there's not a lot there it's yeah they've just they haven't done anything or haven't done too much yet you have yeah, rain some, who have, some won't yeah um some of these teams won't make any changes some of them have changes yet to be made that need to make them soon there's only a couple of days yeah there. rain have mastered look uh, into um into free agencies exploring it whatever that means fuel uh have dropped pine jixer and repel 
Um, but I've otherwise, okay, you would consider maybe that's kind of significant, but Fuel have basically kept their entire core, which is very, very strong. If they played Overwatch 2 with only Delha Sparkle, Harmon, Fearless, and Fielder, okay, they still need a support, plus one more support, that might be okay. Um, I don't know, maybe Doha would be good enough, we'll see. And then who else didn't, we didn't talk about? We also did not talk about Valiant, no idea, they've not announced anything, um, so who knows? Vancouver. And then, uh, Vancouver and like, Dragons. Vancouver announced know. nothing. Dragons, the one thing I will say about Dragons is, okay, they've dropped one player and developed and they kept, kept everyone else on. What that says to me is why drop develop over who are you? And the reason I come to, the conclusion I come to, uh -huh. is that they believe that they will run into more of a flex DPS heavy meta for Overwatch 2. And so they would rather bank on keeping a substitution with who are you than develop. That's that's really what I get out of that. Fair. Now, can I can I help write the fusion romance novel? If fusion oh, maybe drops develop? a, but yeah, maybe if fusion drops a bag on proper again, I'm, I could be like very much like mixing you know um, paints here because I'm not familiar with the players, but I hear develops very good specifically um, from from you guys, and I hear that proper is very good. Is that maybe like the future fusion lineup? Uh, proper that? being very good is like way ahead of any talk about develop being good. Develop is okay. good. Proper is unbelievable. Like those sure. proper is like reached a mythical level so high that I'm concerned that he might get overhyped and he might he might not be able to Just reach never. the heights yeah. that's been talked about because it does sound like some actual Olympian shit. Like it sounds mm. like some pantheon level shit where he's ascended to godhood. It's I don't know. There's a level there where you have to be realistic and. Um, but developers still far be below that. Okay. Uh, also, I forgot to mention this, but Shanghai Dragons also dropped J Fuel Dongsu uh, in terms of their coaching lineup. So there is that as well. Some potential know, coaches on the market, maybe maybe moving into a head coaching a position. Yeah. I mean, Moby Dex available. We talked about him already. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some pieces Moby's to read. available. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's a uh, weird one. This is this again. Can, this one's gonna be weird. Next episode's gonna have a lot of like. I expect like people to start making moves. People like yeah. speculation's gonna be a whole lot easier when we start to see like the intention. I expect Chengdu to make some moves. I think okay. Among's only the first. Okay. And let's be real. They have three tanks. They don't yeah. need more than two. Um. And Gaga and Among were pretty interchangeable. You were not gonna keep both of them. True. Um. They have four supports. I don't think you keep four supports. Nah. Um, I have a feeling nah. that maybe Yveltal could get dropped just simply because of yeah, what ended up happening. Why call it drama? I don't know if I yeah. should call it drama or not, but just because of the issues, how many more chances do they give the guy to take the game seriously? Obviously, leave is there forever. They will never let go of leave for good reasons. Mm -hmm. I would like to see them potentially bin Jimmy and Tara Cookie and put a Pritter in there next to Jimmu and leave for the trio. Yep. Um, if they want, they can maybe even get rid of Jimmu for. Whatever results, I don't think I don't know. There's a lot out there. They would have to try and steal Eileen from the charge if they wanted to get rid of Jimmu. I think Eileen would be a great replacement That'd for Jimmu. They would have to, they would somehow have to snipe him, and I don't know how yeah. to do that. Um, but otherwise, I, I think Chengdu do a lot more with. They make some change to their backline. I think that for those four supports, maybe one of them comes back. That would be my thing. My my thought process. Um. Rain have a solid lineup. They should just keep going as they are. Um, feel of a solid lineup. 
Shanghai just won. They have like the perfect team. There's pretty much nothing you need to do there. So they'll just keep it as is. They're confident. Uh, Titans probably blow up their roster. No idea. I assume they just will change. I assume they get rid of everybody. So Yeah, kind of a safe assumption. Hopefully we can not have them as a bye week. That'd be kind of nice. Hopefully they can kind of see a, a renaissance and Hopefully, you know yeah. start to build something because yeah, it's it sucks Hopefully that. Hopefully Valiant isn't a joke, but you know yeah. yeah, to be seen, to be seen. We'll 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 approach with cautious optimism until provided otherwise, I guess. Well, there it is, guys. That's yeah. going to be another three-hour episode in the bag. Mm. Um. So you know all that talk about like yeah, maybe we'll do a shorter one today so I can go to bed. Yeah. Not not a chance, buddy. Not. <laughs> A chance. Yep. Joe said we wouldn't talk about all twenty teams. Yeah, we did. We we yeah, did we get did. through them all. We I did do twenty teams. We did do them all. The one thing that I will, you know, my last quick mention. Um, I think just, I I I think I speak for the 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 guys here, and I just wanted to say thank you to the community. Um, I think we all kind of started this um podcast and just kind of uh, talking about the games. I don't think we ever expected it to grow to the kind of uh, position that it is um not like we're some holier than thou entity that you know cast judgment on the overwatch scene but um to kind of see it grow into what it is to see some of the familiar faces in the comments and in discord it's it's very heartwarming and i just want to say and, thank you obviously we wouldn't have gotten you know a sponsor which is crazy and win prediction contests of course some of them yeah shout out to d hulky <laughs> ended up with a 10k in the bag right like it's insane i, I just you know my heart goes out to uh, the, the fans and uh, the supporters. So thank you guys. Thank you very much. That's 195 done and dusted five away from that magical 200. We're going to be reaching that over the next month or so, definitely by the end of the year. And hopefully there'll be lots of great things with uh, more announcements. Overwatch 2, obviously by the next episode, they'll have more roster moves. Um, we'll figure out what to talk about next episode. <laughs> off, off season is always going to be quite interesting. It is mm. going to be heavily dependent on what kind of news arrives uh beyond that maybe maybe it's time to get a guest on we'll see we'll see how it goes we'll see you next week for 196 thanks for tuning in peace